I have no idea when Dev starts on this. Oh, me neither. Is it now? It can't be now. There's no way. Wait, it's coming up. Okay, hold on. Okay. Places. Places. The history of film. That better who you when the lights go dim. From James Cagney to Nosferatu and stunts that shock you. And dirty, dirty tricks to your made. From wings to Top Gun, movie stars and no ones, romantic crazy fans that leave no real a ton. Hollywood is still from history in Hollywood. They chase the Oscar, but it's all a sham, just like Shaq and Kazam. All your dreams can come true. The history, the history of film, all of it made for you. Good God, that was terrible. The future. The polar ice caps have melted, covering the earth with water. Those who survived have adapted to a new world. A water world. Oh, God. <laughs> film history, the history of film. This is Waterworld, everyone. I'm James Scott. This is Drake Cummings. Uh, here's a sailor dev, and we got a special guest with us. Say what up, Max. Hey, how's it going? I, oh. I specifically asked to do this episode, and then after the syndrome, I'm like, why did I ever ask for this? <laughs> this one was for you. It this was, for, was me. for me. It is for me, and I'm regretting it every second. Listen, so I had never seen Waterworld. I watched it for the first time last week, and let me tell you, this movie has no business existing. I'm so happy that this movie tanked so that they couldn't make sequels. That's someone need, someone need to be punished for making this movie. It's How polarizing. Dare you? It's How polarizing. dare you say I, Exactly. I love it too. I love I'm like on, this I'm movie? On, I'm on Dev's side with this. I love I, this I, movie. I, I think I have to say I like it as well. Listen, yeah, bro, I'm I think, a Floridian yeah. who grew up on water. Like my whole childhood was trying to do this in real life. Yeah, <laughs> I think the exactly. first Twenty minutes of this movie are fucking awesome, and then the next hour and a half <laughs> okay. is the most unlikable protagonist I've ever witnessed yeah, on film. Sure. Sitting on a raft yeah. with two other people that aren't particularly likable for so <laughs> long, and nothing fucking happens on this raft. I mean, they try to make it happen. It's, it's nothing's fucking <laughs> happening on this raft, dude. This because the second half of the movie they ran out of fucking money. They're like, well, the rest of this movie is going to be on one boat, <laughs> and then that's all we can afford. And then the last twenty minutes are kind of cool, but at that point, I just wanted to fucking end. Like, I, you you saw the jet skis go from like a hundred in the first thirty minutes to like three or four in a scene because oh that was all they God. had fucking left. They're oh like, we've God. destroyed everything. We are $75 million over budget already. It's 1994. Trying to film this movie was like World War II. Like, <laughs> like really people... quick, though, we should do so. We, we have a guest this week. Yes, we have a guest. Uh, so, would you like to introduce yourself? I, Max sure. did introduce. I said, hey, this is Max. Max is uh, one of my good friends, uh, basically family, and him and I started our first film company together. Mm. Uh, over over a decade ago, we've been wow. we've been rocking and rolling for a wee bit, and uh, he's uh, making a pit stop in Florida, and then bumping all over to Cali and Israel nice. and all kinds of fun wow. stuff. So yeah, yeah. Wow. He's, he's, nice. I'm happy he's here to fucking hang. Yeah, 
uh, I love talking about movies, so this this will be and fun. He, and he loves Waterworld, yeah, so he, I love him. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you made it. You made it for the most important episode we'll ever do. One of the reasons I'm excited we did do this, Drake, is because I'm excited to talk to all you Florida water people about this movie. Because I look coming I from the swamp rat of fucking yeah. Mississippi over here. Yeah, see, I had swamps. Like if Waterworld had all been airboats, I could, you know. Well, okay. That's me, the sequel. Other question. <laughs> We're gonna swamp write it world. Today. Swamp world. The whole world is a swamp. <laughs> swamp world. Water world. The water level rose. The just caps are to freezing again. <laughs> So as this series continues, I'll just continue to disappoint more and more people with my weird, like, lack of specific knowledge. That's okay. I have, I don't think I've ever seen Kevin Costner in another movie. Like, I've never okay. seen Whoa, a Kevin Costner movie. What? Wait a yeah, minute. I've never Wait. seen a movie of Kevin Costner in it. You've never so seen, like, this. Field this of Dreams, Untouchables. No, never seen Dancing with Wolves, never seen, this is, this is Drake's part of the podcast. This is Drake's part of the podcast. let me ask you this. Is he a good actor in anything? Uh, uh, sure. Well, yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. Tim and I had to. <laughs> like, he, yeah, he's had yeah, some yeah. box office movies. Yeah. We'll put it like that. He's a big actor. He's a very big actor. He's had, I think, maybe as an actor, two good roles in, or For something sure. like that. But in a whole does, career, okay. Dances with Wolves was the shit. He's consistent box office draw. For whatever okay. reason, like, dude, he why he is? He is so unlikable. He was one of the biggest movie stars in the world yeah. in like 1992. Yeah. Did he just not want to be on the set of Waterworld? Like, oh, he was the hottest. They called him, dude. Germany <laughs> listed him as like the hottest man in the world like four <laughs> years in a row. This dude, well, he was. Fuck he fucked all of our moms. What? What's that, Max? I, I think <laughs> that it's it's easy. His his character is easy. It's it's. Um, He's almost the same character a lot. It's, he looks like he works at yeah. a truck stop. He, he's, he's like a guy that you know. You know? And he's capable he's a guy of that you know. It's a guy I don't want to know. Dude, you don't want to know what it is? You want to know what it is? It's the chest hair. It's the chest hair, man. <laughs> I don't think they ever even saw his what? face. It, it was just... Everyone has chest hair. No one ever looked up when they were looking at Kevin Costner. It was just all right here in the chest. He's tall enough. He's 6'1". You're looking right at that He's the guy who invented the phrase, hey, my eyes are up here. <laughs> God, I just... It's... Oh yeah, but no. This I'm sorry. Movie... I woke up on the wrong side of bed today, guys. I, just, okay. I was stuck on a boat with Kevin Costner for two hours. So I'm not happy about it. <laughs> he wasn't happy either. He's yeah. not, he wasn't happy to be there. Like I the mean, whole would movie. Would you be happy if you were drinking piss water? Like <laughs> no. And we're gonna get into it. We're gonna get into it, but Kevin Costner was very much not happy to be there a lot of the times. A lot okay. of the times. Maybe you'll give us the context. Uh, of this. Also, I don't know where this. I don't know where else this would fit in, so I just want to say it now. But the whole time, who's the guy playing opposite Kevin Costner? Dennis Hopper. Uh, you mean uh, fucking uh, Woody Harrelson? <laughs> no, Dennis. Yes, what? He no, sounded no, no. he sounded and looked no, exactly no, like Woody no, Harrelson no. the entire time. You, you that is blasphemy. I'm gonna bleep that out of this podcast. Close your eyes and pretend it's Woody we'll Harrelson and convince yourself of this. Have you What's seen that, Speed Drake? Uh, yeah, a long time ago. Yeah. Like when I was that like was eight, the role that you might that like maybe the only other association you would have with them. Well, no, no like if you if you close your eyes and listen to Dennis Hopper's lines being delivered, you can convince yourself it's Woody Harrelson. Well, I no, and this is the, it's the funniest thing because that's one of the things we're going to talk about is how Kevin Costner was doing Schindler's List. <laughs> 
And Dennis Hopper was doing like Pee Wee's Playhouse. Let's have an intelligent conversation here. I'll talk and you listen. Yeah, it was like a Disney movie. It was like, yeah. it was like a Disney movie, yeah. Directed was, was a... in part by Tim Burton and Ed Wood. Yeah, he's <laughs> yeah, they... like R-rated Captain Hook. Like, I'm, was... I'm convinced that they filmed those movies completely separately in separate places. Like, well, I mean, they're almost never in a scene They're together. never in a scene together. They never, they're, they could have done it, man. And then they just bring them to L.A. to film like any scenes they have together. But no, I'm I'm really excited to talk to you guys about this. It's a, it's Watercraft porn dev, so you're gonna love all this shit. We'll talk about some boat stuff in this. Movie. I know you love that. I know I got some insight. Um, real quick on Kevin, uh, he went to Cal State Fullerton. You know, Kevin and I are tight like that. Uh, I almost went to I almost went to Fullerton, but I remember when they were giving me a tour of the campus, the kid who was like the student kid giving me the tour, was telling us, oh, yeah, there's some famous alumni. He goes, yeah, so-and-so, so-and-so. And he goes, yeah, and Kevin Costner went here. And we were all like, oh, okay, did he go do, to be an actor? Like, because I wanted to do the theater program. And he goes, no, he was in a school business. He just chose to become an actor because he thought it was going to make him rich. And I was like, yeah. what? Okay. Well, now he's an <laughs> activist of sorts, you know? Like, yeah, that's the most infuriating yeah. thing I've ever heard in my life. And he got... <laughs> rich <laughs> Kevin Costner got so rich in the 90s good um, lord so wait so yeah Deb you mentioned this in the previous podcast Kevin Costner never wanted to be an actor no he was not yeah. he was not successful at doing, he looked at his options and this is from like his uh, biography and stuff that when he was trying to figure out what to do he was like what's gonna make me the most money with the least amount of work and he was like acting for That's sure. the most infuriating sure. thing and I've ever heard in my life. And his yeah. personality is interesting because he he was a jock in a uh, high school. He's like a baseball he, player, right? Yeah, he was he was baseball. This ball is crushed. Football, basketball. Fullerton we'll is like famous that, but... for their baseball team. Oh, you, yeah. so you do have some Kevin Costner background? For oh, us. I got. I'm gonna get into his career up until 95 okay nice yeah. okay yeah cool yeah we got a we got a we got a pretty thick episode today <laughs> i thought thick water world was gonna seats. be like yeah i thought water world was gonna be like a throwaway but we got some stuff to talk about here movie's been through a lot so <laughs> <laughs> dude for real so has so... its audience <laughs> <laughs> i thought i would go over the movie just a little bit like I thought, I would at least just get like a little bit of the plot out of the way. Yeah. Uh, old Kev Dog, he's navigating the hellish post-apocalyptic water world on his beautiful Trimarian. His name is the Mariner. That's what they call him in the credits. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he's got this sick boat that we're gonna talk about. And Dev, speaking of boats, though, I do want you to tell me: Do people have this pee filter on their boats? Can you piss into something on a boat and filter it into water? Nobody has it, but they do exist. <laughs> they're not for boats; they're for spaceships. <laughs> they're, they're, like, they're like a space station. I'm surprised the fishing community yeah. didn't get on this after Waterworld. You know, I'd it be just—I would this, just be it drinking It definitely tea. would not work in the manner that they design it in the movie. Yeah, like, distillation yeah, yeah, yeah. doesn't work like that. There's too much ammonia in our piss. There's not enough water, and like. 
It's just all real with problems. Because <laughs> that's what the movie starts off with. Is, They'd uh, be better off just drinking of... the piss regularly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what I do. That's always been my No, role. like I said, I was so in for the first 20 minutes of this movie, and then I just like spent the next hour and a half, two hours being disappointed more and more and more and <laughs> yeah, more. Yeah, it was cool as shit. It starts off with him pissing. You yeah. got a good Kevin Costner butt shot of him peeing. I know everybody loved that. And then he had this other contraption where he put all these pellets into a hopper. And it, like, slow-released him, and then he ties the rope around him, jumps into the water, and then, like, a little while later that day, enough pellets collect, and the plate collapses and sets off this contraption that pulls him back out of the water, like a pulley that pulls him out. So there's all sorts of, like, steampunky elements going on here. This boat is like a boat of contraptions that this man has... Uh, maniacally built and, throughout the years. <laughs> yeah, booby traps yeah. and little little sneak, you know, ways of doing things. Which the yeah. boat is the most realistic thing in this fucking movie. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you want to talk about this boat? Very much possible to exist. Right. And in... I attribute that to like one man trying to survive on his own versus right. with other people. You know, opting to be on your own. Right. You have to devise these things that you're aware of, almost little uh, booby traps and safe points, so that. You know, you can navigate your way. It's yeah, about man. it's just like customizing your tool because like people do this with sailboats all the time with the catamarans that this guy has with monohulls when they're when they're blue water sailing, which means crossing oceans and living on it for like weeks or months at a time. They have they don't have harpoons, okay, but they have you yeah, know they right. have like other normal shit like nets and those ropes and you know probably a pulley and fishing line and you know yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was basically like, it was basically like a futuristic pirate movie. You know, he was like, yeah, (laughs) like he had like harpoons and like, yeah, like pirate shit. Dude, can we go live on a boat for a few years? Let's go sailing, man. I want to go sail to like Mars. Takeaway from this movie is you want to live on the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to actually. Can we bring Kevin Costner with us? We're fucking channeling Captain Ron. That's a Captain Ron. Oh my god! I saw this. I was like, I never want to see water again. Uh, they the cast did not ever want to see water again after making this movie. I can guarantee you that. Well, I'm so confused why they actually shot this. They actually shot this on an ocean. Yeah. yeah. Why would you not just shoot this on a soundstage with well, a pool of water? It because you, you know they wanted it to look Where, real. How, man. how are so, you gonna replicate that I mean, background? They built of, that flotilla. Yeah. Out yeah, there, yeah. You know, it's, it's you know that oil tanker is probably the skeleton of a real fucking oil tanker. Yeah, and still for sure. had its engines and probably they. Probably is this their first day working stuff. in Hollywood? All this is so unnecessary. Let's not, let's not get ahead of ourselves here. Trust me, I'm gonna get <laughs> yeah, into it. All right. Let's go back take, to the boat take, really take quick. Us through, um, Trust through, me. Uh, Trust the me. actual movie. I've I've intricately <laughs> woven okay, a so water sorry. world tale for you guys. We were getting so ahead of ourselves. I apologize. But no the. The Trimaran was inspired by racing Trimarans, uh, and this is this is for you and for Dev and Max over there. Built by Jeannot Advanced Technologies Multi Hole Division Lagoon. A That's customs... a famous manufacturer of, of okay boats. Jeannot, yeah. yeah, sweet. Yeah, they built a good boat. It was a custom sixty foot yacht uh, designed by Mark Van Pettigem and Vincent Lariel Prevost. And built in France by Lagoon. Those fucking um, French are the best boat builders, bro. Really? <laughs> yeah, man. All the best <laughs> ships come out of like La Rochelle, 
uh, Amels are there, Janus. Uh, there's the, like all of the Janu. standard ocean crossing sailing vessels. Like most of them come from the longevity of the companies. The, the older companies all come from France. It's, I did not. Very know rarely, that. there's like did one I, in England, yeah, one or two in Only US. Only the boats. <laughs> I don't think that was a French accent at all. I don't know what uh, that was. You were having a seizure. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway, they built two versions, a relatively standard racing Trimaran for distance shot and an effects-laden transforming Trimaran for close-up shots. And uh, that, so they used two boats. I think they, I think they at one point had another boat, but it got destroyed. <laughs> but yeah, they, it, was, it was real boat porn in this, for sure. If you like boats, this movie, I think this movie's for you, in my opinion. <laughs> Especially those ski-doos, those like, old rusted-out ones. That was the shit. Those were the stand-up ones, right? So those are called actual jet skis, because okay. it's a ski that you stand up on and you slide your foot into. Those things you sit on are called wave runners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I see. Whoa. Dude, the things they do with those things. Yeah, man, the underwater shit was Oh cool. my those god, the underwater shit was super difficult sick. to drive and dangerous and all kinds of nonsense. How, how do you dive? They break how down, do you... they die. You have to go with the force underwater and you can't stay down long or they'll stall out like it's Yeah. It's Jesus. it's a lot of pain. And you got to be just gassing that thing, dude. You gotta you think it's all like upper body yeah, strength. And letting you're, off. you're holding on okay. in your legs. You're not sitting on anything. You're just like bouncing. And you know, yeah. imagine being on like two skis, almost like more like water skiing or wakeboarding, because yeah. you're using your body to hold yourself up. Dude, they filmed this movie. I mean, all in all, it took like 160 days to film this movie. How many months is that? And I'm just trying to think of these jet skiers like out there. They probably did that for weeks on end. Yeah. Like, I, I like bet. four and a half months. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I just mean like that first part. You know what I oh, mean? Yeah, the yeah, first. Yeah. The stunt to get that, guys. The stunt yeah. guys at the flotilla mm-hmm. on the jet skis. I mean that was a that was thirty minutes of the movie or so. Yeah. I'm at that took a long time. These dudes yeah. were out there day after day, countless hours, probably twelve hours a day, doing like the same doing jet exact ski same stunts. Stunt. Yeah. For, oh, my oh my god, dude, this is a <laughs> oh, nightmare. Man. I mean, it sounds amazing. <laughs> I mean, it's like Navy SEAL training, like, but like you're definitely gonna be in shape, tan. And you're gonna sleep for about three months after this. Trust That's me. The thing. I, like, I wonder where they recruited all those people with all that, the, like, to do all that stuff. Around yeah, the yeah. Boat Some people. fucking spring break Crisis. beach in Florida. Just go get all of them. They're like, bro, watch me do this on the jet ski, it. They're like, cool. Sign this waiver so you don't sue us. And we don't care. Dude, I just smoked DMT and jet ski all day, dude. That's what I do. That's what I do. <laughs> I find that salt water makes the DMT more potent. <laughs> I just add some bath salts in there to mirror it. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Oh man. So I, okay, now I'll save it to the end. I'm getting ahead okay, of myself. Okay. So uh, so yeah, he he has that contraption that pulls him out. But if you notice, he's down in the ocean for a long time with no scuba gear. You know, so we start to kind of think like, who is this man? Who is this leathery fish man? You know, it's Kevin Costner. (laughs) He also, he has, so his whole game is he gets dirt. He like, he sells dirt. And we don't know where it comes from yet. Why is dirt valuable? 
Yeah. Dirt is valuable because, here, I'll go back up. It's the future. The polar <laughs> ice caps have melted, covering the earth with water. There's no land. There's no, There's land. no land. There's yeah. no dry land. Dry land's a myth. Dry land's a myth. You remember? That's I, I'm gonna get that tattooed for Waterworld. Dry land's a myth. I think that would be great, dude. Everybody'd be like, "Wow, bro, you got a 1995 movie quote on your on your body." <laughs> be like the best movie ever made, bitch. <laughs> but so he also had a he had a plant on his boat. That lime plant, yeah. that lime tree, and that is also like, where'd this guy get this? You know what I mean? Where did he get a plant? In a water world, you know what I mean? <laughs> we'll find out on the next episode of Kevin Coster. So it does like, it's doing a really, yeah. I think the movie does a really good job in the beginning of setting up the whole lore of what's yeah. going on here. And then another leathery boat guy is on his <laughs> boat nearby. <laughs> And he's like, oh, I'm not going to rob you, man. And they talk about, like, he tells him uh, there's a there's an atoll eight miles east, or eight days east. There's an atoll back there. And Kevin Costner's all like, well, you told me some information. Now i got to give you something. And, the guy, and he's like, it's the code. i got to give you something. So we're getting some background here. There's a code on the water. I know you sailor boys over there know all about the water code. The sailor code. <laughs> yeah, it's more like What's the sailor code. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's called like uh, the you know marine law, open waters, everything goes type of thing. Boat yeah, the, we have law. a code. There, there is no fucking code. <laughs> <laughs> they have boat lawyers that just ride around on boats. <laughs> and then when you guys go to court, when you guys go to court, it's just a row of boats, and there's like a big judge boat. On like no, a podium, just, you know. The way we settle disputes is by playing chicken with one another. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's boat law, baby. The law is yeah. there's no law in the sea. There's no law in the sea. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, like the beginning of this movie sets up like a lot of really cool stuff. Like I, honestly, like this would be a better video game than it was a movie. It was. Like, so you know, was. Wait, there was a video game. <laughs> it was a video game. Yeah. Oh no! Did Back not go then? very well. That, yeah, it yeah, doesn't yeah, sound yeah. like it would. <laughs> like it being a game now, not. Well, Kevin Costner insisted that he make the video game himself. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he might as well have. He he want... might... I'm surprised he didn't. Oh, he wanted God. to save oh. money. You gotta get those margins around. <laughs> I got this. So he's on his boat. He's talking to the other leathery boat guy about the code and all that. But then, who else arrives but the smokers? <laughs> I had that guitar riff every time they showed up, dude. But so this it's is like the old west. This is the smokers. This is Dennis Hopper's crew. And these guys roam the seas. And fucking badass boats, badass rusted out jet skis. They're like they're like a Mad Max mafia mother fucking Musso and Franks. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like <laughs> that's next door. That's a restaurant next yeah. door. It's really good. And they're called the Smokers because they smoke cigarettes. So they ride around killing people, smoking oh, cigs is that all why? day. I yeah, could, yeah, I, yeah. The whole time I couldn't figure There's it out. There's a reason yeah. behind it. There's a reason behind it. We've already talked about, like, well, I thought so, they were called Smokers because they used engines that smoke. 
No, they're caught. There's a part. This is why we got to watch the three and a half hour cut. There's a part that they cut out where. So they're based on just spoiler alerts, by the way, for anyone who's going to watch Waterworld. This is all spoilers. Go watch it before you listen to this or whatever, or just listen to this and never watch it either no. way. But uh, definitely no, watch go see it. This go and then see watch it. it. <laughs> Absolutely see Waterworld. Absolutely see this movie. So Dennis Hopper and the Smokers are based on the old wreckage of the Exxon Valdez or Valdez, and oh. they call it the D's. Because the lettering has all peeled off. And, you know, this movie is all about global warming. Right. And so the Exxon Valdez is like the enemy. It's the Valdez. I didn't know that either. How the fuck is that thing holding any oil? Didn't they crash and leak yeah, everywhere? Well, there's, there's a man That's down the in the oil, oil pit. It was like, we got to yeah. pour them off. Exxon Valdez is the, is the fucking oil tanker that ran aground in Alaska in the yeah. 80s. <laughs> yeah. That's the, and in real life, it got moved and, it, you know, all that. But, dude, this movie was written in the early 80s on a mountain of cocaine. I'm convinced. <laughs> I'm convinced. When I tell you the story of the writing, when I tell you the story of the writing of this movie, they the part that's not on Wikipedia, is there was cocaine involved like there there has to be <laughs> so the smokers are based on the Exxon Valdez well that's where they're getting all their fuel for their jet skis and shit and that's also they said on the Exxon what they used to do is uh, they would illegally carry a bunch of cigarettes on these big ships and they would carry them from country to country and sell them off and blah 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 so the Exxon Valdez, the legend is, is that it was full of cigarettes. Oh. So this gang has cigarettes for years. I was wondering that. I was like, why are how does cigarettes survive <laughs> yeah. when like cigarettes. nothing else this world has? Yeah. But they're they're yeah. like they're of... refining gas too, though, right? They right. Like... Yeah, they were refining. Yeah, they had like a refinery. So they had like a stash of cigarettes or something. Yeah. Okay, I didn't. Is... I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that. Yeah. No. When it was a part that was cut out, it would, dude. I had to dig deep for that one. I had to dig deep for the cigarette well, thing. Right. That's fascinating. Yeah. Answers a question. So many different edits done to try to make the movie make more sense. Yeah, to make <laughs> so more sense. So that's another yeah. thing too. Like if you haven't seen it recently, try to find the newest version to see, and it might make more sense and be better. Because yeah, for sure. multiple versions. If you find the wrong version, I, yeah, or an older version, I guess. Because there's a three and a half hour one out there, and I gotta out see there's it. Some of the Snyder cut Somewhere of Waterworld. There's a Snyder cut of Waterworld, and I've got to see it. Um, but yeah, that's why they smoke cigarettes. Where did you find that cigarette lore piece? A bunch of people did interviews about this movie, basically. <laughs> like, a lot of people. To find out why? Yeah, like, sat down and told, like, war stories. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, there's a funny interview where Dennis Hopper sat down with, um, uh, Dick Cavett, and he's talking about doing this movie. <laughs> he's just There's like... a man named Dick Cavett? Yeah, Dick Cavett. He was oh. an old late night guy. Okay. And Dennis Hopper's talking about doing this movie, and he's just like, yeah. He's like, I'm on the most expensive movie ever made right now. (laughs) um, Was it the most expensive movie ever made? At at the time. time. Yeah, at the time. Yeah, this was a a few years before before Titanic. Titanic. Yeah, yeah. But at the time... Let's let's see the spoilers. Okay, so... Let the the story uh, unfold. So the smokers show up. First time we see him. So uh, the, the, the leathery guy, turns out he was a piece of shit. He stole his limes while he was down in the water. 
and he's running away, right? And he's like, ha ha, your sales are down. You'll never catch me in time. By the time I'm out of here, you're, you can't get your sales up and the smokers will kill you. But guess what? He fucking could, baby. Because <laughs> the cost... He just hit a bunch of switches the on the trimaran. He's like, he's like, boom, boom, hitting gears and switches and handles and like harpoons. And he's pulling, you know, uh, starboard bow. And I imagine this was the pitch for the movie. Like, this is, <laughs> we're in a boardroom right now, and someone's pitching this movie. And he's just whipping shit up on the thing, hitting the sticks. And meanwhile, and, uh, <laughs> he's pitching this. He's just racking out lines on the yeah, table. Yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, dude, look, room. man. This boat's no ordinary boat, and this dude is no ordinary dude. You know what I mean, dude? Like, starboard bow. Starboard bow, dude. And he's, he, so he's, so he just starts, like, flying. He's flying towards the guy. The guy's all like, what is this? Oh, my God. Like, I'm an old sea man, you know, and now I'm about to die. And, uh, <laughs> so the cost just, like, hits his boat. He hits his little ass fucking piece of shit dinky boat with his big ass, you know, trimaran. And he breaks his sails off, and he does the he does the thumb across the neck like you're dead, you know. And then he was the smokers came up and killed that dude. So we're kind of getting. <laughs> so we're kind. Also, though, the smokers didn't even try to chase the good boat. They were just like, let's just kill this little let's leathery man on like the dinghy. Yeah, just take his shit. <laughs> we got one. We yeah, that was like their quota. They're like, look, dude, yeah, let's just, just get this one. one. Go home. <laughs> we got the leather man. We got the leather man. We won't even tell anyone that the bigger boat was out there. Like, they don't have to know. I feel like the smokers are like a more dumb version of a stormtrooper. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. They kind of just shoot everywhere and just go nuts. Yeah. We don't have to tell people there's a bigger boat. We don't have to tell people. We're like doing tricks and having fun. Trying to blow shit up. They're like the Florida version of a stormtrooper. <laughs> <laughs> We're just out here. To oh, yeah. <laughs> the riding jet skis and blowing shit up while smoking cigarettes. Look, all they need is a forty in their hand. And it'll be all these dudes are just on like uh, they're on like Tampa Bay acid in the nineties. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, <clears throat> yeah, that's that's uh, that's the beginning. But the guy told him about the uh, the atoll, you know. So he makes it to the atoll eight days east, which is that kind of gives you a, 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 it's a good scale. the scale, yeah, it's a good yeah scale, like yeah. eight days. That's the atoll is that little city, right? Yeah, yeah. So I was thinking about that, that thing, though. To be clear, an atoll is an act is an actual piece of land, right? Right. It's the name of a type oh. of an island. So right. I don't know why they named that thing an atoll because it's yeah. so confusing. They're like, land doesn't exist, but go to this atoll. Like that yeah. isn't that? It's isn't like that saying that? land doesn't exist, but go to this island over here. <laughs> yeah. like, what the fuck? <laughs> there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of nicknames for stuff. Well, so what I was thinking is like, so it's eight days away. If you are one degree off of like the direction <laughs> you'd be going, you're not hitting that Dude. eight days. Eight days, one degree off, like you're gonna be like the cost far doesn't Everything's moving. There is no oh. land. It's all moving. Yeah. Oh my god, it's all floating. It's all moving constantly. <laughs> the cost doesn't miss, baby. 
this world is is is, is not not possible. <laughs> it's not possible. Just floating. Yeah. You have to 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 be able to <laughs> navigate. There's nothing anchoring with, this fucking flotilla down. This is a nightmare. Without <laughs> <fucking> <laughs> Just thinking about how this really would go down. Society would fall. Oh my god. There is no. Yeah. There is no doing this. I like, would just hope kidding? I could find the one would, gun left with a bullet kidding. in it. I would, I, would, I would be Dennis Hopper. Well, I already don't have one. Yeah, I would become Dennis Hopper. We gotta keep an eye out. But then again, it's so seasick. Then now again, we have sophisticated satellite. I mean, if the world did flood suddenly, we would still have satellites in space and GPSs to go true. off of. But this took place Although in 2015. We 2050. wouldn't have necessarily Maybe. things to identify that this was indeed. Land. If we got we hit have by to us. update the maps, I guess that's that's really all that happened. <laughs> I would say this is like if a water world is like if a solar flare hit and the polar ice caps melted. Well, <laughs> yeah, like there's nothing left. Remember, there was like an image of like a nuclear submarine pointed downward in between some buildings, like when things was swimming underwater. Remember that, right? Remember or water world is what happens if like every dude at a Red Sox game goes to pee at the same time. You know, <laughs> this is such a dumb idea for a movie <laughs> continue so, so he makes it to the village and this is uh this is where we learn about like what's valuable in this world he makes it to this village impossibly like you said there's no way in hell he would ever actually make it here but he does he he, he floats eight days through completely open waters the entire world is open water but he finds a floating target you're right it's very it's, it's very but the cause doesn't miss so so he he makes it to the village and he comes up to the gate and they're all like bro we're full you can't come in my bad and he's he pulls out this fucking bucket of dirt and everybody's like oh my god this dude's got dirt He's got the give me the dirt. Or Motley Crue. I was thinking about Yeah. That. <laughs> I was like, give me and the then dirt. Motley Crue jumps out from behind him on the boat and starts playing. <laughs> give me what I want. Give me the dirt. So they let him in. He goes to the market and like everyone's gathered around. They're all like, oh my God, we got to see this dude sell some dirt, you know? And now everybody's there. <laughs> And so, so he's like, he has two fucking kilos of dirt, man. This guy weighs it out. He's like, two kilos of this precious dirt. And uh, it turns out the price for this dirt, he's going to pay him the same as he'd pay for pure hydro, dude. Pure fucking hydro. And uh, I came out to 124 chits, all in all, which I did uh, the inflation calculator for that. And modern day equivalent is like only 30 chits because this movie takes place in the future but uh, <laughs> the calculator came back around <laughs> the calculator came back in a major way on this one did some future calculations <laughs> so uh but pure hydro pure hydro is a uh let's see it's a it's it's water, purified right? fresh water of course this was one of the elements from the original script that survived all the rewrites that happened to this thing. 
And in the original version, there was like a kidney like organ that they had gotten from like a fish or something, and they would hydrate. They would they would purify water through it. <laughs> I was wondering that. I was wondering yeah. how they purified water in this world. Yeah, man. That like I, see see what I mean? Cocaine was involved here. <laughs> Cocaine was involved here. Don't even tell me that it wasn't. Like, there was some producer or writer around a round table being like, guys, the fish filter liver organ thing is just a little too far. We gotta pull back a little bit. Let's go a little heavier on the explosions and jet skis. <laughs> Um, also, yeah, the it is in the future. Uh, the The production designer Dennis Gassner said they designed it for twenty five hundred. Two thousand five hundred is the date, I guess. Or I guess. Uh, or no, wait. What if I was fifty years in the future? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What? I was twenty fifty. How the no. How the fuck is there an Exxon Valdez oil tanker five hundred <laughs> years in the years. future? Yep. <laughs> yeah, dude. Because of cocaine. <laughs> Because <laughs> of cocaine and Costner. Because of, cocaine. <laughs> of co- cocaine can make any movie come true. <laughs> because, dude, he was writing this. He was writing this in 1988. Why are we so mad at the Exxon Valdez. Because cocaine. Cocaine, baby. Any 80s movie can happen with cocaine. They should have sponsored every 80s movie. <laughs> they did. Don't you remember examining those budgets? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know what went in that budget. 80s <laughs> hairband rock and roll. Wait, cocaine. There's like cocaine. a $300,000 line item yeah. for per diem. Yeah, I made it through 90. 90 yeah. <laughs> this script is sitting on someone's desk for a while. Yeah, I'll, I'll get into it. Okay, all right. Um, so anyway, <laughs> he's on his way out, right? He sold his dirt. He got his chits. Pure hydro. He, he And he went, to, he went to the market, and there's a dude at the market who's talking about the smokers, you know, and he's like talking about... There's this little girl in the village that the smokers are after because she has a tattoo on her back. This, like, six-year-old girl has a tattoo on her back of dry land. It's like a prophecy. Like, there's a prophecy. This girl is, like, the chosen one or whatever, and the smokers are after her because this tattoo is the map to dry land. <laughs> right, like, the, the, the coordinates on it. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but two. it's in like a language nobody speaks. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> something like yeah. Can't, like it's difficult but, to read or something. It's like shit. coordinates to to a point. Right. Right. You know. And and he meets um, Helen is her name. Helen runs the shop. She sells pure hydro. Helen. By the way, like there's Helen's five hundred years from now too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> well, I'll get into it. But it's based on Helen of Troy. Um, yeah, that's the first thing I thought. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the first thing I thought of. <laughs> but by the way. No way in the world is there not like twenty dudes with machine guns standing around that market guarding that right. pure hydro, bro. <laughs> like she's just sitting out there. There's criminals in her bar, and it's just her and her little girl protecting like this pure water that's worth a shit ton of money. Also, does anyone ever say her name in this uh, entire movie? I think some. I think uh, her, the old guy who I think it's like her dad or the dude who takes care of them. Yeah, yeah. Says the guy, the guy with the, the glasses. Yeah. The guy with the airship, man. <laughs> oh my god, the hot air balloon. <laughs> they were like, 
We wanted to take this one step further and add another layer of liability. They basically, you're, basically, you're exploring that there's the the maybe the idea that there are people in the sky too. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's good. He was basically Leonardo da Vinci into the air. He was Leonardo da Vinci. They created like it was Leonardo da Vinci, and he had like a a flying machine that he had made. But um, <laughs> so so our hero's on his way out. He, he bought his pure hydro, you know, he's good to go. And this guy stops him, and he's like, hey, man, before you go, uh, do you mind having sex with my really young teenage daughter to get her pregnant? Uh, we want you to impregnate her. And this is what he says, because basically, then or else I the mean, family will have to do it, and, yeah, you know, sense. that like, never goes well. Like if, if we, yeah, like, <laughs> He's like, either you, you have sex with my young daughter or her brother's going to do it. Uh, it's going to have to happen. We'd rather it be you because you seem real cool and you came out of the ocean from nowhere, you know? So, like, maybe you're not related to us since you came from, like, the open seas, you know? <laughs> And uh, and the cost man is like, no, 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 no. That that girl's way young. I it it may be twenty five hundred. We may be living in Waterworld, but I have my morals. I'm not gonna do this. And so they're all like, this dude's been in the ocean for so long, and he's turning down sex. Like, what's wrong with this man? Arrest that man. Arrest that man. Yeah, they literally yeah. did. Something's Arrest that man. Fishy. <laughs> Something's fishy. Oh damn! That's gonna be the name of this episode, Waterworld. Something's fishy. <laughs> so, uh, so they're like, arrest him, find out what he's hiding, because if he's turning down this teenager, there's no way he's he's a good dude. <laughs> and they find out one of the dudes pulls his ears off or back and sees gills in his ears. And he's all like, "Gills." I, I like when that happened. I was like, "How and why? Like, why add this wrinkle to this stupid story?" He's, he humans are starting to evolve. There was a whole part of the movie that they took off with Dennis Hopper talking about evolution. Oh, okay. And humans, if we're gonna that would have made that make a lot world, more sense. Yeah, yeah, we're starting to evolve yeah. back into fish. That would have made a lot. That would that that one line would have made this movie <laughs> make a lot it. more sense. They had to cut it, you know. <laughs> they needed they needed more brooding. Kevin Costner being mean to a woman on his boat. <laughs> oh my so, God. so they see his uh, they see his gills and they're like, "Nah, dude, this dude's a mutant, or he's a muto, is what they call him. Mutos. Uh, yeah. Those are the mutants." And so they lock him up in a cage, and uh oh. Of gunk, like well, yeah, it was beneath. Which him, like, also the... is something because it means that they had seen them before; they're aware of it. Right? I yeah, that yeah. If they're that's calling a... him that, yeah, they, they know that it exists. It's not like a like a myth or but something. But again, right. Kevin Costner was like, "I'm gonna be the only fucking muto." Yeah, that. for sure. <laughs> there can't be any more mutos, or else I'm not special. Yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. It's my thing. It's my thing. Dude, I bet you're exactly bet. right. I bet they had other mutos already, and he was like, no, no, I'm the only muto around here. <laughs> <laughs> the cost is the muto. But, uh, <laughs> the cost. <laughs> so they lock him up, and Dev and Max, this is the first time I've ever heard of a mooring cleat. And they just, they slid it in here like we all know what this thing is. But I missed this part. He, so the the... Leonardo da Vinci guy comes to him in the cage and basically says, tell me where you're getting this dirt 
you know, please, they're going to kill you. We need to know. It's vitally important. And he says, get me out of this cage and I'll let you know. And he says, there's a mooring cleat down below. And it's this, you know, you guys, it's this, it's the metal tie rod on the side of docks and boats and shit that you tie shit to. I never knew it was called that. Yeah, oh. it's definitely <laughs> yeah. more. The act of mooring is right. tying, tying up. something up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's like, like you have, mooring. You have like more. You have like mooring weights for buoys out in in the water too. So it used to have like a float on it, like a signal, a signal or a, um, a channel marker or something like that. So there are those too. Hell it yeah! It would be just like a big block of cement sunk down with a chain attached to it, and this thing just bobs up and down. The cleat is from a sailing term. The cleat comes from old wooden ships where sailed like uh, Spanish galleons and shit. They used to have to wrap the ropes, the extra ropes around shit. And they designed those braces to come out and spike out so they could loop stuff. And then, I don't know, just the name stuck. It's amazing that we have... We we have this like information. At this our is why yeah, this like, is why I was excited like, for this episode. You guys are like uniquely qualified. This is why I was excited about, for this episode. I was like, we're talking to boat dudes about yeah. a boat movie. Yeah. This is good. You're like, so did you know this mooring cleat? I was like, motherfucker, I was using a mooring cleat like three hours ago. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. I've just never yeah, heard it. It is a well, it is so, two words that I've never heard said. And when he said it, I had to rewind it like three times and turn on the closed captioning. I was like. What is he saying right now? <laughs> There's a morning wood. What? There's a what? The and I had to Google the, the shit. The morning and... clit. The morning clit. <laughs> yeah. There's a morning well, clit. You talking about you talking so about the, the girls earlier? Say, like the the significance of that is like if it was attached to a buoy or a marker or something like that, uh, and he was able to. It's the 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 bottom is there. No, so right. I think so if if it was attached to something, he said it could like, make a key to anything. Well, that's not true. <laughs> what I what, what I think it was what if I remember correctly, and I haven't seen it in a while. The cage was suspended over right. a pool of like mud. Yeah, it was and like some sort of what the, gooey. The, so the rope that goes up to the pulley, and then whatever that rope was tied to would have been the mooring cleat. So if that rope was tied to off right to the on. side or tied down to the ground. That's the attachment point. Uh, so if that rope so releases, just, it gets untied from the mooring cleat. The cage boom. falls and it goes into the fucking. And now he's water man, so he'll be good. He's a fish, yeah. so he'll be good. Yeah. I see. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Instead, Kevin Costner's like, it's a key to everything. They tried to sell it. He goes, "There's a mooring cleat under me. It's a key to everything." And then I mean, the camera, the kind camera, of true, I guess, for sure. <laughs> but then the camera pans down to like an up high, wide shot of just a dock. And I'm like, oh, it's that thing in the that tiny thing on the side of the concrete <laughs> yeah, that I'm supposed be, to be seeing right be now. Like an insert shot there? Yeah, like, uh, or the, or the old man's like, what is that? You know, it's like, what? No, but these are water people. No, they know what a moron. That old is. man was just being senile, and again, like dialogue, like <laughs> cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Anyway, so next day comes around, not looking good for the cause. They're about to dip him into like. They, all we know all we know about this mud goo shit is that they dumped a dead body into it earlier and it looks disgusting and I get it looks maybe like abrasive or something like it eats it's you probably or, like where their sewage just yeah sits. yeah <laughs> yeah that makes sense I so Does it? that's what they're gonna they're gonna dump him into it because he's a muto um oh my god dude I have to I have to 
Did I? I Which they I can't just like you know cut his throat or something. They gotta like James Bond villain <laughs> oh, kill him. It's, it's so like here's what suspending. here's what their like priest guy reads as he's being lowered into the sewage. Bones to berries, veins to vines, these tendons to trees, this blood to brine. Too strange for life he was, this muto now does leave us, recycled and entombed in the presence of him who leads us. So there's like a big reason they're killing this guy. Like mutants are like against their religion in a way, I think. Mm. I guess that's what I'm getting from it. They're like they're destroying this like uh, abomination to humans. I mean, well, that, that's like, that's a lot more of that stuff that's left out. That yeah, leaves everything so open. It's yeah, like, we need that stuff. That is more interesting than the rest of this movie. Like that's <laughs> there was a whole thing about warring religious factions in this, but I guess it was like. I get that part in. But what? Kevin Costner was basically like global warming, religion, it's all too much. Let's just cut some of this shit, you know. It's too much. So now we have just totally uh, we don't know why he's being dipped into this goo, but we just kind of guess that it's they don't like him, you know. It's like yeah. <laughs> it's all too much. Dude. So, they're lowering him into the shit. And guess who shows up? The smokers. <laughs> a guitar riff every time the smokers show up and the smokers show up ready to rock shit dennis hopper is on this like big throne smoking cigarettes smoking cigars and there's one dude with like a pig mask and he's got an anti-aircraft gun from world war ii for some reason with 450 calibers and dennis hopper he just so dennis hopper immediately is in is in this different movie, right? Because he's yeah, like yeah, bald, yeah. crazy outfit. Yeah, he's super tan. He's having such a fun time. He's having this. such a good time with this. He literally his first line is like, "Give me the key to this city," and then they just start fucking shooting at the walls with machine guns and rockets and shit. Jet skis <laughs> are flying all over the place, and "Give me the key" means just yeah. like go kill, man. You know, it's like yeah, dude. This part was. Dope. This was and it was so it was good. Really dope fucking choreography. Like really like interesting. Like. There's a part where a guy ramps a jet ski like 20 feet into the air and he's firing at people with a machine gun down below. As he's like dive bombing people in a ramped jet ski, which is the most Florida thing I've ever heard ever. Really, it's amazing. This is like a, a Florida and Kenny Powers had a child. <laughs> <laughs> All of these dudes should have had mullets. Like, every single one of them. (laughs) Just rocking sea mullets. They're diving down in the water under the wall. They, like, dive down under the wall and come back up in their little lagoon. And they're just shooting at children and throwing molotovs. And it's just, like... It was incredible. Incredible. And then they ran out of money after this. And then they they ran... The whole budget was spent on this scene, no doubt about it. I mean, legitimately, this scene probably costs... $100 $100 million. Yeah, 20 $30 million, something like that. I, I mean, would say this scene probably cost $100 million. Like, this whole, this whole thing probably... Well, the whole thing was 100 Well, the whole thing after it all was said and done was $235 million. Yeah, I'm saying 100 yeah. of that was on this scene. Yeah, 100 of that was on this one. It's a, it's a lot of pyrotechnics choreography. Yeah. A lot of set building. That's it. That's the end of... I, that was, yeah. That's all I wanted to tell about the movie. I just wanted to get you guys where it was. Uh, he gets away... 
He brings Helen and the and the girl with the back tattoo with him. Well, that's nothing happens for the rest of the movie. Well, he's just extremely mean to them on his boat. They search for the island. Yeah, they, yeah, they search for, for the, the island, and he almost sells the little girl to Kim Coates as a sex slave at one point, uh, which was pretty crazy. Seeing as how he's against teenage sex, you know. But all the while, <laughs> all the while, Dennis Hopper and the Smokers are in pursuit. And they're doing two different Nothing movies. Nothing else happens for us. Dude, <laughs> no, it's great. Everybody's got to see it for sure. But you, yeah, you, so if you cut off after the first thirty <laughs> minutes, you've seen the movie. So yeah. we have the year 1986 to thank for how awesome this shit is, because that's exactly when a writer named Peter—I don't know how to say it—it's spelled like Raider, but I've heard people say like Radal. I don't know. I'm gonna say Peter Raider because that sounds rad. Um, he did a fat line of cocaine, looked at his producer friend, Brad Crivoy, and he was like, fuck, I love Mad Max so much, I want to make something just like this shit, motherfucker, hell yeah, let's do it. And then I imagine what happened next was him in a bathrobe with a cigarette, furiously pounding a typewriter and making Waterworld. Waterworld, the Mad Max. Waterworld, Mad Max on the sea. And, uh... Peter Raider sounds like the name of a Cinemax softcore porn star. Like, <laughs> Peter Raider. Peter Raider. I don't know if I can take anything that dude does seriously. <laughs> he's just like, he's a man, but he's a fish. He's a man, but he's Hi, a fish. I am, uh, I am your attorney. Uh, my name is Peter Raider. Like, <laughs> no, it's not. No, you aren't. No, you're not. <laughs> yeah, Peter Raider definitely is like a serial killer name for sure, for sure. So he gets the script done. He says that it's directly inspired by Mad Max, but also has the Old Testament and the Bible, or in the Bible, and also Helen of Troy. He even named the lead character Helen, the lead female character. And I guess the Old Testament inspiration is like the promised land, and there's like a prophecy. You know, there's the whole promised land, like the land of milk and honey in the Old Testament. And I think that's what he was going for. And I guess like the girl's I, I, a prophecy. The more you tell me, the more I'm like, yeah, this is a cocaine rant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> a fucking exactly. cocaine rant, dude. <laughs> and then they all decide to start businesses together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, man. Um, it's widely believed it was also inspired by a comic strip called Freak Wave by Peter Milligan and Brendan McCarthy. And this this comic strip looks sick. If you want to Google it, it was basically Mad Max surfing. And if if you look at the comic strip, you can see, like, some of the art is a lot... It looks like concept art for Waterworld, this okay. comic strip. So okay. a lot of people think that was also where he got it. Okay, so he um, stole it. Yeah, yeah. And also, the writer of Freak Wave, that comic strip, he went on to contribute to Mad Max Fury Road in 2015. Oh, cool. Yeah, okay. so this yeah. whole... Mad Max is always present yeah, in this no, whole I mean, story. Yeah, that's, that's the, to me, that's like the entire thing. Someone yeah. was like, oh, I'm going to do Mad Max, but on water. Yeah, a bunch of these people... <laughs> Worked on Mad Max, you know. Also, even Matter Max, even Matter Max, because he's in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> you know what Mad Max never did? Stuck Max on a car with a girl for an hour and a half, and nothing happened. That never happened in any of the Mad Max movies. Drake did not like Waterworld. Well, I don't know. I didn't see Fury Road. Wasn't Charlie's Theron in that? I don't. <laughs> yeah, it was basically Waterworld, but on land. It was Land World. <laughs> <laughs> Mad Max but, is Land but World. Things happened. Like things happened. Nothing happened well, so for an hour and a half. That's movie. the thing. Like 
if there's so much confusion and there's so much money put into it, why not just make two? Like plan on making it longer, the whole thing. Right. If you're gonna go down that and spend all that money, and you yeah, want split to put it up into two. Into it. Split no, it up into two would have been a so no-brainer. Expensive, the, dude. The studio paid for the, all the cocaine. Like that's why. <laughs> right. Yeah. It was the so budget expensive. got out of control with the coke, <laughs> especially Dennis Hopper on set. <laughs> he is the guy who actually does have the story about Apocalypse Now spending part of the budget on his cocaine. Really? He's oh. literally. He's the dude in that legend. Uh, you know, allegedly. Yeah. Rest in peace. He was a great man. Um, or I don't know. I didn't meet him, but Wait, he was a great actor. Dennis Hopper's dead? Dennis Hopper? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he passed. He passed yeah. five years ago, six years ago. Maybe like, longer. I don't know. cocaine? I mean, it definitely had something to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I mean, sure it that man's help. an easy writer. It's yeah. Been... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Dennis Hopper, another Dick Cavett interview of his was even further back when he was talking about like hallucinations that he was starting to have because of all the drugs and shit. What? Yeah, he got way into it. But, uh... <laughs> have you seen Easy Rider, Drake? You haven't seen? Hell no, Drake hasn't seen Easy Rider. Are you crazy? I've never even heard of this movie. <laughs> exactly. That'll do. Jack Nicholson, Dennis Hopper, they're on motorcycles is, going across is, America. It's a pretty good is it, one. Is it like Mad they, do, they do acid in a cemetery. It's like it's Mad like Max. It's fear and loathing meets motorcycle Max. Yeah, yeah, it's fear yeah. and loathing meets that's, motorcycle. That's good, actually. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly that's what, it, what is. it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you guys are a fan of this at all, but one thing that the set design of Waterworld really reminded me of was Fallout. I think Fallout got a lot of set design oh, yeah. from yeah, Waterworld, yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Like I said, it would be a dope game. Yeah, like, yeah. This would have been a better yeah. video game. I think it was. It was called Fallout. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that was like... Full of it on water. But Land World. Even doing, yeah. even doing a remake right now, knowing everything that they did wrong and how to fix it could be better. It could be better. I've been trying I think even a remake, it's funny that you say that, too, because I watched an interview where they asked Kevin Costner if they should reboot it, <laughs> and he was like... No, what are you talking about? Just re-release the original. It's good. It's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Re-release the original? Re-release the he original. It's so good. Yeah, he's like, we need to bring it to a new audience. That's what he said. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, dude. Kevin Costner's interviews, I highly recommend going to watch him, man. There was one where they're talking to him. He's he's talking to a... He's at a SAG no. thing where he's talking at SAG, you know, and he's talking to a bunch of actors. And he said he was... He literally spent like 10 minutes stood up on stage ranting about how cameramen and directors always want him to do these things that like, I'm, I, I'm just as important as your fucking camera, you know, like I'm the, I'm the guy who's making the movie. Your camera isn't shit and blah, blah, blah. And he's like ragging on like camera people. And it's like, yeah, 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 Kevin, this is, this sounds right in tune with you and who you are for sure. <laughs> like, this is definitely why you were a nightmare he's with. like, so who wants to go make a movie? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Not me, Says the Kevin. Man who never wanted to be an actor. <laughs> yeah, yes, that's the man who never wanted to be an actor. Exactly. So, um... Yeah, he finished the script, and he kind of just shelved it. I imagine he like finished the script and like threw it as hard as he can against like a book cut, bookshelf or something. He was like, he he finished writing. He was like, me like this is a bad idea. All this is so bad. <laughs> this is gonna be so he bad. He finished the script and stuffed it into a bottle and threw it in the ocean. Oh my and came god! Back in two months and it was complete. Kevin Kevin Coster was already <laughs> in the ocean. 
Kevin Costner just comes out of the ocean holding this bottle with the script <laughs> yeah. in it. He's like, I've got my new movie. Wait, was it Kevin Costner in Message in a Bottle? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So 1989 rolls around. He blows the dust off the script, decides maybe he'll start making the rounds around Hollywood, seeing what could happen. And by 1992, it had made its rounds, and everybody's talking about it. There was even at one point, uh, Raider was at a studio, and he overheard some people talking about his script because he had he had submitted it, and they were talking about how Kevin Costner was interested, and he didn't even know. He didn't even say anything to these guys about like how he was the writer of it. Probably a good idea, but uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, and yeah, so it I made found its the way. Script in a trash can, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I pulled this out of. It was covered in white powder. I blew the dust off of it, <laughs> and it had made its way to the hands of incredibly famous actor Kevin Costner and his director pal Kevin Reynolds, who had collaborated before on Fandango in 1985 and Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, in 1991. That's that's what I know. Of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. haven't seen it, but I was aware of that. Thing. That's, that's yeah. yeah, that's where they probably, you know, found their success. Yeah, and it gets a little confusing. Hey, everybody, though, that was a box office hit, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves was a big one. That definitely... It wasn't great, but it was big at the box office. <laughs> I didn't see that one. I saw Men in Tights. I didn't see. Men in well, Tights was better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay, Men in Tights. Good one. No, Kevin Costner. He kind of. Yeah. I think later on he kind of got ragged for. Uh, Bro, Morgan Freeman plays his sidekick. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I think he, he kind of got ragged for it later. Little John. Morgan Freeman is Little John. Wow. He's not big enough to be Little John. <laughs> and it's gonna get kind of confusing because like so i'm gonna talk about the cause for a bit i'm gonna get into them yeah give um, me some background and kevin costner yeah, and why yeah. why and Ke- why why is kevin costner so why is kevin costner <laughs> kevin kevin costner was born in 1955 in compton california city of compton really yeah yeah because when you well when you think when you think Compton, you don't think Kevin Costner, like right off the top of your head. That's the first was, thing. I wasn't think what of. came to mind. <laughs> That's the first thing I had to think of. His dad, Bill, was a lineman for the county, working on electrical lines, and his mom, Sharon, was a welfare worker. And they had actually escaped Oklahoma during the Dust Bowl in the 30s and made a life for themselves in L.A. And Kevin's brother, William Costner, would become an electrician and later on an executive at Southern California Edison. So we've been we paid Kevin Costner's brother for our electricity for a while. You mean those power lines that are starting all the fires right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are Costners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he and his family put those up after Waterworld. Kevin Costner's next movie. He's gonna be a firefighter fighting the <laughs> California fires. In real life, he's got to go put out all these fires because he started them technically. So he was raised Baptist. He wasn't very good in school. He was a big jock. His sophomore year, he shot up from five two to six one, so he became this like big jock in high school, like out of nowhere. A foot in a year. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> probably what's wrong with him. He's like, "What happened to me?" And it was uh, he was a star in football, baseball, basketball. He was musical as well. He played piano and sang at choir at church, which is kind of funny. He's like he was like he was like a church choir boy who played football. Like he was. 
probably not very fun to hang out with, but something tells me that never changed. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I was I was a football player, but not a church choir yeah. guy. But uh, everything you're telling me about him, like it all makes it more all sense. makes sense. It all makes sense. Like, like everything, it's it's all yep. coming together. Like I'm I'm understanding this more and more the now. Cost. The cost. When he was 18 years old, he took a canoe and paddled down the same rivers that Lewis and Clark took, making their way to the Pacific. So that he got his he got his start on boats pretty early on, you know, eighteen. He was ready for Waterworld. I mean, he already done that's this a shit. gnarly trip. Right? Yeah, that's not yeah. something to like fuck with. Apparently, he did it like the real way. Like you know, I mean, he did it with like old timey like maps and shit. But uh, yeah, he was very into uh, the forming of America, and yeah. Everything you say about him makes more, more <laughs> sense. Dude, the postman. The postman. <laughs> I haven't. That's one that I haven't seen yet. I, I don't think I've seen that. Oh my god! Yeah. Let me enlighten you three really quick. And yeah, yeah, listeners. yeah. The postman is a glorious film. Again, in a post-apocalyptic setting, where Kevin Costner is running for his life and ends up taking shelter from this crazy gang in a postal truck that had been abandoned in the middle of the woods what? and he dresses like a postman and the United States government doesn't exist anymore it's all these like warlords and he goes and he dresses like this postman and he like rides a fucking horse into a town with like a bag of mail and starts giving it out so that people can give him shelter and he's like oh yeah the government's back on again the real government and he like by being an actual postman and delivering the mail, he starts the United States government again and Holy saves shit. the fucking world. Oh my so god! Every movie Glorious that Kevin Costner's in feels like he wrote it. Uh, he kind of did. I mean, oh. basically everything. Like I like I said, he was one of those people. Every every set he stepped foot on became cost time like it was it was Cosner time all time <laughs> and, and they just put up with it because he sold movies yeah man oh yeah all these guys do it, it Bruce Willis does the same thing still to this day yeah. he'll rewrite any yeah. movie that he comes on Bruce Bruce. yeah any movie that he comes on <laughs> so yeah Cosner like uh yeah Dev was talking about this he goes to college goes to Cal State Fullerton um and he kind of he was going for business and he started taking acting classes at night. And it's funny you say this, Dev, because, yeah, that it one guy, there is rumors that it was because acting makes you a lot of money. And there were other people who said it was because this girl, Cindy, was in acting class. <laughs> and he really liked her. So he started going to acting class to chase her, too. But he was in business school. Like, he was he was not it's just, it's funny anywhere me, near acting. It's funny to me that he just fell ass backwards into something that people try their whole lives to get into. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he went in his... And his... then doesn't enjoy it. Like, he's, he's yeah. the same as, like, the stockbroker who hates his life in the cubicle, yes. but is fucking a millionaire. And then he's just like, God damn it, I gotta go to the office again and ride this fucking jet ski. I know, and do dude. this blow and watch these fucking baseball players come out of a cornfield. What is this shit? <laughs> so unhappy. That's how him. he sounded in that interview yeah. where he's yelling at cameramen. I'm just like, you are Kevin Costner. You win. Like, sit down. <laughs> like, Jesus, like, man. He's like, like an actor complaining about being told what to do is kind of like, Bro, do you know what job you have? Like your whole job is to to do what people say. Like, oh my god! So basically, do you know what a director is? 
So he, he graduates college. He marries Cindy, Cindy Silva. Uh, she worked at Disneyland as Cinderella at the time. And she was she was really trying to act. And they, they honeymooned in Porto Vallarta. And on the return plane journey, they had a chance encounter with actor Richard Burton. He was a huge old actor. They, they run into Richard Burton on the plane. He had purchased all the seats around him for solitude. Like, please, no one bother me. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and, what a fucking L.A. thing yeah, to do. Because, yeah. like, you still have other people on the plane, but just these surrounding seats at one. <laughs> I'm like, I don't really feel like getting first class, but I'm right. going to buy, like, this section right here in the middle of the plane. Such a baller move. I love Costner it. Costner did not take the hit. Costner did not take the hit. He was like, Richard, Richard, can I talk to you about some shit? And basically, Burton agreed to speak with him, but he, he said, let me finish my book, and I'll talk to you, you annoying bastard, probably <laughs> six one goofball. And so he, he talked to him for a while. Costner said he had been taking acting classes, but he hadn't told his wife yet that he wanted to be an actor, but he was starting to really want to be one. And he said he watched Burton, and Burton basically told him, you should act. Um, I guess Richard Burton at the time had some sort of big drama around him, and they, they apparently talked about something that was going on with him, and I don't know. He said, he told Cosner, you have blue eyes, I have blue eyes, you'll be fine. That's what he told him. <laughs> <laughs> That's how he told him to go out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, so the plane lands, right, and Burton's limousine pulls up to the curb, where Costner and his wife were waiting for a taxi. <laughs> and Burton's like, good luck, kid. Go out there with your blue eyes. And apparently they never met again. Kevin Costner and Richard Burton never met again. But Costner credits Burton with basically partially, you know, starting his career. Um, so, yeah, he, he took on a job as a marketing executive, but he started pursuing acting. He took acting lessons five days a week. While he was working. Okay, so I mean that, that now that feels a little better that he didn't just like literally dumb luck his way into everything. At least he kind of yeah. worked, he worked for it. There's some missing stuff though, because okay. there's some stuff that happens soon where it, it's got to be dumb luck. I I don't know, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but while he's developing his acting skills, he was working on fishing boats. Uh, he worked as a truck driver. He gave uh, tours of stars' homes in L.A. at one point. And which I've heard a lot of people do, like actors yeah. who are oh, starting yeah. out. Everybody does that. Yeah, give tours because you work on yeah. your work on speaking to people. So yeah, the young Kevin Costner, he's bouncing around town. It's 1978, and he gets a movie called Sizzle Beach, USA. And they filmed in the winter between 78 and 79, but it wasn't released until 81. And then he kind of picked up a string of smaller roles in movies and commercials to the 80s. And in 1983, he lands this role as a suicidal friend of the main character in a movie called The Big Chill. I've never seen it, but I've heard it's pretty good, actually. Uh, but unfortunately, his scenes were all cut out. Kevin Costner actually wasn't in the movie. He got completely cut out. But the director of the movie, Lawrence Kasdan, really liked him. So he's like, all right, look, we're going we to cut you out of this one. But the next one, I got you. The next one, don't you worry, I got you. And he did. In 1985, he cast him in a movie called Desperado with Kevin Kline, Danny Glover, and Scott Glenn. Three giant actors. And this was the role that put him on the map. This was like what basically got him his face out there, you know. 
And I always wonder, his wife, Cindy, must have been like, yeah, good for you. Good good for you, you know. <laughs> good for you, Kevin. So glad you decided to do the thing that I'm doing, and now you're actually doing it, and I'm not. I'm working at Disneyland. That's so cool, you know. Wait, so he never got his wife nope. a career? Nope, nope, nope. You ever heard of, of, of Cindy Costner in anything? Because <laughs> I sure have it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, he definitely could have made her career. Yeah, and dude, at even, some point, this is where I start to say that we're missing stuff because he was in this Desperado movie, which already, I mean, as an actor, you know, you do this one movie, you get cut out, but then all of a sudden, you're the fourth lead with these huge actors on this giant western movie. Mm-hmm. It was not a cheap movie. Desperados yeah. is like a, it's a, that's a show enough like real movie. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. so he gets this thing out of nowhere, and that comes out. And then by 1987, he had his first starring role. Yeah, you're right. There's something. There's something Something's missing. Something's fishy. The sacrifice, the human yeah. sacrifice, or something. You know. Yeah, the sacrifice. How many times did he get down on his knees? <laughs> Maybe that's why he's so mad. Maybe that's why and he's so worship mad. Worship the gods of Hollywood. <laughs> Maybe that's why he's so mad. He's an actor. Uh, 1987. Oh man, I hate this job. Every time I gotta go to the office, it's it's like I'm a sex worker or something. <laughs> He didn't find out until way later, and not everyone else to do that. Yeah, he's, yeah. Like, he's like, dude, he. It's like what? She, his wife Cindy's like, please make me an actress. And she's like, honey, you really don't want this. You really, you don't it's, want none of this. You don't want no part of this. You get world. enough of this at home anymore. You don't want to know what I had to do for the Disneyland gig, you know? <laughs> Hollywood. So Max, this is this is a recurring theme on film history. The the deep dives that I do on these actors, they never talk about what their wives are doing or <laughs> it 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 is interesting. Just like we just talked about James Cagney, his wife was also a vaudeville actor yeah. and all of a sudden he started making movies for studios and you just never really hear what happened to his wife after that. Like it's yeah. It kind of happens a lot. So yeah, 1987, he gets his first lead role as Elliot Ness in Untouchables. And this is... I want to talk about this movie. I, Dude, I don't think... I, we should we could do an episode on this. Yeah, we definitely could. We definitely could. There was a movie he did, Untouchables. He plays Elliot Ness, the guy who went after Al Capone. Or okay. like one of them, you know? Okay. And... So, Robert De Niro plays Al Capone. Oh, Really? I didn't, I didn't even Oh, remember. yeah. Robert De Niro is Al Capone in The Untouchables. Oh. And there's a famous scene when he's Robert De Niro's walking around this table as Al Capone, and he just bashes somebody's head in with a baseball That's bat right. in the middle of a meeting. I'll have to give it another watch, because it's been a long time since I've seen it. I just remember not liking it much. Kevin Costner is like... He, Untouchables wasn't that bad. Yeah. And then Sean Connery is in it and as like probably. Kevin yeah. Costner's... Old, That's like, right. Mentor. Yeah, and it's the famous <laughs> movie with the the baby going down the stairs. Have you ever down. seen it? Andy there? Garcia is in it. Andy Garcia is like the young cop. Oh, that's the, right. the hothead. Yeah, Andy Garcia. There was a bunch it. of famous people in it. So yeah. William H Macy was in yeah. it. He was a part of that crew. Oh of the shit, crew. man! No, I'll have to give it another watch. I didn't like it when I watched it, but also I just Kevin Costner sometimes, man. He just doesn't do it for me. I, I, you know? Dude, I, yeah. Everybody else in that movie. Everybody else in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. He got the starring role Robert of De Niro's this. not that great. <laughs> <laughs> he gets the starring role of this after like a few years of being in it with legends in this movie. You Nothing know? about Kevin Costner makes sense to me. Yeah. No, it's... Well, what was the movie he just did with Woody Harrelson? Did you see that? Uh, Waterworld. <laughs> <laughs> 
put up. Ladies and no, gentlemen, they just did a movie together. Uh, it was about Bonnie and Clyde. Oh, dude. Okay, yeah. That was really fucking good. Highwaymen. Okay. It was good. You know what? I forgot that was Kevin Costner, and I got to give it to him. That movie was incredible. Okay. Yeah, right. and he did really well in that okay. shit. And it's really enjoyable. Yeah. Honestly. I like the two of them. Yeah. You know what, Max? Good. That's good that you bring that up because I, it kind of was the same. Like, he played Elliot Ness, you know, going after mm-hmm. Al Capone. He kind of was bringing that energy back. Because it's the same thing in The Untouchables where Elliot Ness and these guys were like horse riding, like Marshall types that were after the mafia, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. so that kind of. And I love those timepiece movies. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Highwaymen, highly recommended. And they talk about how Bonnie and Clyde were not, like, cool dudes. <laughs> like, these were murderous redneck yeah. psychopaths. They were young, just trying to kill people. Just trying to kill people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so he he stars in The Untouchables. It gets him hugely famous. It's, like, the biggest movie of the year, of course. And so this really put Kevin Costner on. So he did two baseball movies. Untouchables won Best Screenplay at the Oscars that year. Oh, yeah, oh, wow. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then he did two amazing movies, back-to-back baseball movies, Bull Durham and Field of Dreams. This ball is crushed. Yeah. yeah. Field of Dreams is the worst movie in the world. <laughs> <laughs> if you build it, they will come. Oh, is that where that's from? Yeah. No, they won't. And that statement is never true. <laughs> because so many businesses have been like, Using that, like when a husband tells his wife, yo, I'm going to start a, a a business of making, you know, candle wax. And they're like, if you build it, <laughs> they will come. come. And they're like, no. No, but they never do. So 1990, he and his producer friend Jim Wilson mm-hmm. start a production company called TIG Productions. Mm-hmm. And the first film that TIG Productions ever does is Dances with Wolves. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin... Stars and directs. Uh, they made it. They got fifteen million dollars to do this movie, which in nineteen ninety is like thirty million currently. You know, it's, yeah, it's the equivalent. Everything. It's easy to do the calculations on this one because everything's just double. Right. Like everything's just double what it was, <laughs> and uh, so times two. That's what it was. So it. And they made it for fifteen million. The movie netted four hundred and fifty million dollars in nineteen ninety, making it the highest grossing film in nineteen ninety. And it also it got nominated for twelve Academy Awards, won seven of them, including Best Picture, Best Director for Kevin Costner, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Film Editing, Best Cinematography, Best Original Score, and Best Sound Mixing. And it also won the Golden Globe Award for Best Motion Picture Drama. Kevin Costner made some sort of deal with the devil. Had to have. Well, they're like, we're going to give no. you a career, but you'll never be happy another day in your life. <laughs> he made a deal with Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, the devil. Oh. Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Drake said. I think you guys are saying the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, dude. I, I feel you on the devil part, but I think you're Everything's uh, adding there's up. There's a logical explanation for this trajectory. Uh, but uh, just... I don't know. Just imagine this. You make a movie in 78, this tiny movie, and then 12 years later, you and your producer buddy just start a production company, make a movie, get $15 million to make it, and then you want to star and direct in it as well. 
and it goes well. Like <laughs> it works. Like it it made it made the equivalent of like a billion dollars. Basically, that is insane. Insane. And then it wins every award known to man. Kevin Costner is like the top dog of 1990. Like it is his yeah. year. No, yeah, Water that makes World. sense. Is some generation Citizen Kane? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> well, it, it was like I said, you know, uh, Kevin was doing Citizen Kane, and Dennis Hopper was doing Wayne's World too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Dennis Hopper was doing Mario World with John Leguizamo. <laughs> yeah, Dances with Wolves got so big it was selected for for preservation in the United States National Film Registry by the Library of Congress as being culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant and is credited as a leading influence for the revitalization of the western genre of filmmaking in Hollywood. It was like one of the biggest movies that's ever come out ever and it was just their first rip at being a production company basically. <laughs> I mean everything's compared to I mean like that's like Avatar's yeah. Dancing of Wolves, you know what I mean? Like yeah. Pocahontas is dancing like I, I, yeah. honestly Dancing of Wolves is Pocahontas, but you know the what I mean dancing like Dancing with Wolves. Yeah, 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 like, yeah for sure. It's a great movie. Incredible movie. Really? Oh, it's, yeah, it's incredible movie. Yeah. It it earned everything that it got. Okay. It was just like like I, I mean it just Dude, he just had a brain on him that just, I, he knew the industry. I yeah. don't know. This guy, like, read the industry, knew exactly what to do. And this was, you know, granted, this was 12 years after he did his first role. So, I guess he had been in it for a while. Yeah. But, again, his wife's just like, that's great, Kevin. Great. <laughs> Is there a role for me in any of these movies? You, <laughs> no, no, no. You no. wrote and directed it and just, you didn't cast yeah, her in anything? no. Yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> Can you imagine that conversation at the dinner table at home when she's like, "So, how's the script coming?" <laughs> like, uh, none of your business. You see any, uh, you see any leading ladies in there? Uh, no, not doing. <laughs> yeah, they they famously don't don't last very long. Oh, but, uh, okay. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Wait, is she still with him at this point? No. Well, no. At this point, yes. Okay. 1990. Yeah, they were still. It's like 12 whole years. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, 1991, he plays Robin Hood in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, like we were talking about. And in 1992, he made Bodyguard, written by... Oh, okay. That's where uh, it was him and Whitney Houston. It was written by his buddy Lawrence Kasdan, who cast him in the first big movie that, like, you know, he cast him in a Desperado. Um, This was the movie where it was him and Whitney Houston, Mm -hmm. and this is the one where Whitney Houston did... I will always love you. And oh. I... Okay. Get it, Deb. And, uh, yeah. Well, no, we can't pay for the rights to that song, <laughs> so I'm not going to get it any more than that. And again, though, again, like, the bodyguard, he does this movie. Whitney Houston, it was a Dolly Parton song that she covered, I Will Always Love You. The original soundtrack album to The Bodyguard became the best-selling soundtrack of all time and the best-selling album by a female artist of all time. It has been certified diamond in the United States, or sales of over 10 million, because it sold 45 million copies. And in addition, Houston's cover of I Will Always Love You sold 20 million units worldwide just by itself as a single, and she became the best-selling physical single by a female artist of all time 
<laughs> wow. So they called it, it was so many sales, they called it Diamond. Diamond. Right? Is, is Do you think that's what she meant when she said, give me that rock? Give me that rock, maybe. Maybe. <sighs> I, I'm, 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 they're whack. I'm starting to understand why Kim Costner's ego is, is where it's at. Like, why he thinks he could rewrite these yeah, movies. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is what, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, I think he like has the authority to rewrite movies and stuff. Yeah, it's like okay, actually, like I I do get it. I get yeah. where you're coming from. I'm I imagine there were a lot of people around him at the time that were like, who? Are I didn't you? know I didn't know Kim Costner was this big. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in the '90s. He was the shit. That's wild. And so while he's doing uh while he's doing Bodyguard 1992, this is around the time where he starts doing Waterworld. He joins. The production of Waterworld in '92. Okay. And so from here, from '92 to '90. Do you know anything about how he like heard about it? How he got attached to it? It was like, it was that guy's script was floating around, and he just liked it. He, yeah, somebody okay. sent it to him. You know, I'm sure his agent was mm-hmm. like, "There's a script floating around the studio. Maybe take a look at Remember it." When you did canoes back yeah. in the day, it was and like that. Let me ask you this: When do you know when the most recent Mad Max was made to Waterworld? Like. It wasn't Mad Max one, but it probably was either two or three. Yeah, maybe like Thunderdome or something. Right, like so maybe they were like, "Look, Thunderdome, they got three of these motherfuckers. We got to go franchise." Yeah, like I just picture Kevin Costner as Tug Speedman from Tropic Thunder. Right, right, right. <laughs> and like Waterworld is his full retard. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it definitely feels like they thought this was going to be a big franchise. Like this is like. <laughs> Dude. Nah, simple job. He does. We make more he, Mad Max. Or yeah, Mad Max. and he does a big fucking stinker while he's doing Waterworld. In 1994, he did, have you guys heard? You know his Wyatt Earp movie. He what? played he played Wyatt yeah, Earp yeah. in in the movie called Wyatt Earp in 1994, and it was a huge. No. What's that? Wait, I thought Val Kimmler one was Wyatt. No, Wyatt. so Tombstone had come out. That's Tombstone. Tombstone came right. out in '93. Yeah, with with all the good stuff, with Val Kilmer being Doc Holliday, Kurt Russell as as Wyatt Earp, and wiped it out of the park, like completely home run. One of the best movies still. I still watch that movie every six months or so. So just it's one of the best westerns. Absolutely, of the last twenty years yeah. for sure. And so Costner in 1984, six months later, he comes out with this movie Wyatt Earp, and everybody's like, "No, nah, bro, like we already saw it. Like we're good. <laughs> you know, thanks, but we're good." It, it's that's so funny. It's one of those things where it's like, I, I like White House Down and fucking uh, the, the other one. You know what I mean? Like there's just like two movies come out at the same time, like a fucking prestige always and, and uh, the illusionist uh, or the whatever illusionist, yeah. yes yeah always armageddon and deep impact yeah, yeah it just happens the two movies that are <laughs> exactly the same come out around the same time yeah 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 how dare you armageddon is far greater dev i did a movie early in my career called deep impact for some rent money yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right peter raider <laughs> <laughs> But all the while, from 92 to 94, our boy Kevin Costner is doing the most expensive movie to have ever been made up until this time, Waterworld. And we're about to get into... We're about to get into the behind the scenes of making this movie on open waters. So the script's floating around. He hears about it in 92. He shows interest in the film, but Kevin Costner insisted that his friend Kevin Reynolds be the director that's the only way he's going to do the movie and charles gordon who it was a producer who he had done field of dreams with Mm -hmm. so he wants kevin reynolds and charles gordon or he walks that's basically it okay and so 
uh, Reynolds pulling a pulling a cost. He's pulling a cost. Pull a cost already. Full Costner pulling it. And uh, actually, Kevin Reynolds initially refused because he did not want to work with Costner again after Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. <laughs> Basically, they say Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves <laughs> was them screaming at each other every single day, absolutely hating being there. And for some reason, Kevin Costner was like, hey, you want to do this other movie with me? Out in the middle of the ocean? <laughs> <laughs> where no one can we're hear gonna you be scream. alone on a boat for 160 <laughs> days i know we're not really friends anymore yeah. but you go do this i know you hate my guts but you want to be on the middle of the ocean with me for like an, an inordinate <laughs> amount of time um yeah Ch- charles gordon said that he literally had to lock them into a hotel room together and let them scream at each other for a while about doing Waterworld. <laughs> they're like, they're, Kevin Reynolds is like, I'm not doing it! And Kevin Costner's like, yes the fuck you are, dude! Yes you are! <laughs> See? If, if he built it, then they, they will come. come. He built it, and they will come whether they want to or not. <laughs> I think that, you know, from somebody who's looking at it from more of a practical standpoint versus somebody who just wants to do right. it. Right. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, Reynolds is like, he's like, you're not the guy getting yelled at every single day by you, bitch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so interesting, but he wouldn't do the movie without him. He did, yeah, but he wouldn't do the movie without him. So basically, Universal offered, okay, look, we'll make this movie for $100 million. Okay. Uh, which, equivalent to these days, is $200 million. Like, Yeah, that's a lot like, of They were basically like, all right. And so Kevin Reynolds was like, all right. <laughs> all right, I guess yeah, I'll do it. The panel of executives lost their jobs after this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I, I, yeah, I'm curious well, about I, that, too. I wonder if they... I wonder if they took into evaluation how much Mad Max cost and what to expect. Yeah, yeah maybe. probably. Maybe. Well, so question. Okay, so they shot this in the middle of the ocean. Would did they have? Did they all live on like on a cruise ship? Like, oh, what? oh. okay. <laughs> You'll find out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good story. That's a really great story. It's super Kevin Costner. Um, I a man named Nemo popped out of the ocean on a submarine and <laughs> collected them all up after they were done for the day. A rescue ship. Yeah, that would have been an interesting dynamic to Waterworld, <laughs> right? Yeah. Why don't oh they have God. like a Nautilus thing? Submarine people. I'm telling so you, man. Cool. I I fucking I really. That's do what think you do. After this, we write Waterworld. The miniseries. <laughs> the miniseries. Ten part. It Many would be series, a, yeah. This actually world. wouldn't be a bad series. Yeah, yeah. and it would there's do better, there's potential think, here. I yeah. mean, you could you could bring this back. Yeah, for sure. Listen, HBO. Uh, I know you're thinking about this really hard, <laughs> but you're like, what can we do with Waterworld? We have been talking with Netflix, so you know, you guys were just gonna have to, you know, figure it out. <laughs> I'm sure Kevin Costner has pitched this idea quite a few times. <laughs> well, no, well, he thinks it's great. What you so. Yeah, it says like. Netflix presents without Kevin Costner. <laughs> <laughs> what? 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 So honestly, they'll do honestly, they'll do the opposite of the Dave Chappelle thing. <laughs> yeah. What this whole movie feels like is because I know there's a stunt show, um, mm-hmm. uh, not in the um, I Universal, uh, Universal, but in the one in Japan. There's definitely not the one in Florida. Oh yeah, well they they yeah. Uh, it feels like in, it feels yeah. like it was a stunt show first, yeah. and then they made a movie out of the stunt show. No, it was the other way around. <laughs> and just to let you know how big, how bad this is gonna get. Uh, this was like the Florida version of Cirque du Soleil. Yeah. 
<laughs> and just to let you know how bad this is going to get, in 92, they approved that $100 million budget. Mm-hmm. Uh, by 94, they had spent $175 million over budget, basically. <laughs> <laughs> or not over budget, 75 over yeah. budget, 175. And that's before the marketing. Almost doubled the budget. Yeah, by the time this is all said and done, it's $235 million for this film wow. when it was supposed to be 100 Wow. So it's like... Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I, my, my question was to be what happened, but that's exactly what you're about to explain. Yeah, yeah. So, so Charles Gordon and Lawrence Gordon, mm-hmm. the producer brothers, they took the film into production under their production company, Largo Entertainment, mm-hmm. which is kind of funny. Maybe like Key Largo? I don't know. Okay. Yeah. But uh, it's, where, it's where Dev and Max There's a are bunch right. of Largos in Florida. Yeah. There's Largo, and, Key Largo, yeah. And then there's Ooh, an actual man. comedy club in Hollywood called The Largo. The Largo, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a very famous like, oh, yeah. comedy club. Yeah, it became uh, a hamburger hamlet at one point. But uh, they, were, <laughs> they were eyeing Norwegian filmmaker Niels Galp as director, mm-hmm. but, you know, Kevin Costner was like, nah, mm-hmm. it's got to be Kevin Reynolds or I walk, like I said. Uh, when Universal Studios got involved, their choices for director were Robert Zemeckis or Lawrence Kasdan over Reynolds. They wanted this to be a Zemeckis film. Uh, but, again... That probably would have been a good yeah, idea. Probably, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. That, that probably made sense to them, too. They're like, okay, we got this $100 million movie. Get the $100 million director. Yeah. You know, get the big guy. Yeah. 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 I mean, this guy knows no, how to no, work no. a set. Let's give it yeah. to Kevin Costner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's give it to <laughs> let's, let's let him drive this boat. And I was going to say, I mean, like, then, then, then uh, my gut instinct would be like, well, get the director you want, and if Kevin Costner walks, get someone else. Yeah. But, like, you, you just – explain how big of an actor well, Kevin Costner was like yeah. letting him go with like probably uh, and also he had their hands tied because Robert Zemeckis and Lawrence Kasdan the other directors that Universal wanted read the script and was like no nah, man I'm good <laughs> <laughs> like, they're like okay, yeah. it, it looks like a great script oh, but yeah they, I, they, 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 they I'm pretty sure that they, they even like Spielberg even warned them about he did water yeah he was probably like yeah. don't do it because they shot Jaws similarly mm-hmm. Ever, so yeah. many issues. Yeah. yeah, that was his first. Film. Yeah. yeah, that was. Yeah. That's they went to him and they asked him what his advice about shooting on open water was, and he said, "Don't do it." Yeah, he said like because that that's what caused his he Jaws is supposed to be fifty five days, and it turned into hundred and fifty five right. days. So yeah. he also yeah Jaws was over budget yeah. too. He, he got in yeah. some hot water. Uh again, I don't understand <laughs> why you don't just shoot this in a pool on the soundstage. <laughs> And you can't fucking see anything yeah. and it's all unreal, dude. Like they don't have digital back then. Like, you know, yeah, they got, it, it is a whole different animal, bro. There's no cell phones. You can't text somebody. You have pages. Right. 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 <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's like, yeah, the pyrotechnics too. Like you don't have a soundstage to do something that large and that big. Right. You know, like, where? <clears throat> okay. So they that asked, uh, they asked a writer, David Webb Peoples, to do rewrites, but he wasn't available, so they went with David, I don't know how, T-W-O-H-Y, Tuhi, Tuohi, I don't know how to say his name, but basically he was the guy who came in and really rewrote, like he's, you know, he was the writer, basically. Really, yeah. <laughs> but when we're talking about the rewrites of this movie... The version that reached the studio had already been written seven times over by Raider. It was already in its seventh iteration. And during filming, this this script got rewritten 36 times by six different writers 
as they were filming it. How many times? 36 times. 36 rewrites while filming. Oh. <laughs> while being on floating open water sets <laughs> the whole time. They're rewriting. They go through six writers. It's like a revolving door. Wait, why? Kevin Costner. He just didn't like it? He didn't like it. He Kevin didn't like what people Costner. were doing. Yeah. Floating around, being sunbaked. Wouldn't you? Aren't these things you would iron out before you get onto open water? Dude, at one point during the end of the movie, uh, they flew out Josh Whedon. He was going to rewrite the end of the movie. And he described it as seven weeks of being in hell with Kevin Costner on open water. And literally nothing that he pitched made it into the movie. He said besides like some puns that he wrote for like some characters, but it, it became, it was, it, this is a Costner script. And you'll at one point, Kevin Reynolds, his director yeah. buddy left the movie. Really? Quit the entire movie. Yeah. Like <laughs> at what yeah. point in the movie? Like how far along were Let's they? Let's see. It's a little ahead. But he said he said about Kevin Costner, he said Kevin Costner should just direct all of his own movies. That way he's working with his favorite director at all times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why didn't why didn't he insist on directing himself? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Um. Did he direct after the guy left? Like. Did, yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. 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 He he's... took over. He even took over the editing. Wow. He didn't even. He locked Kevin Reynolds out of the editing bay and wow. post. And Kevin Reynolds actually left Hollywood for a while. Wow. He was like, I don't Holy want to do shit. this anymore. He's, I don't blame yeah. him, dude. I don't blame him. Yeah. Kevin Costner like drove him to yeah, quit. Seems like the kind of thing yeah. that would make you question your entire life. Yeah. It's like, what am yeah. I doing? Yeah. I'd rather go sell insurance. Did he walk I, back? Did he walk back into a cornfield? <laughs> I cannot believe any studio would greenlight this movie. Universal greenlit it for a hundred mil. That sounds. I mean, yeah. that sounds like a bad idea. Yeah, but before the bad times, yeah. you know, we're just starting this movie. Nothing's bad yet. It's all mm-hmm. exciting. Kevin Reynolds is out scouting locations. He looks in the Bahamas. He looks at the islands in the Pacific around Japan. But he finally chose Kauai Harbor in Hawaii around Kona, and they set up in some empty sugar warehouses to build the sets. So he really set. And uh, it's kind of funny. They said immediately the local businesses were like ripping them a fucking new one because they knew like you're here now and you're there's nowhere you can go. <laughs> so price gouging was like out of the ass. Oh my they were God. just charging. Yeah, oh, yeah. Hawaii at one. It's nowhere you can go. <laughs> Hawaii. They said like within the first month of filming, they had made thirty five million dollars <laughs> from the production for Hawaii. Um. And yeah, this is where, before filming, Spielberg warned them not to film in open water due to all the troubles he had trying to shoot Jaws. Uh, we already talked about that. Mm-hmm. Kevin Costner trained with an Olympic swim tra- champion for his underwater swimming scenes. And That's cool. His stunt double was Laird Hamilton, the famous surfer. That was Kevin Costner's oh, stunt double, awesome. right? That's fucking, fucking awesome. awesome that is the cool. coolest part of this movie. <laughs> Laird Hamilton. I knew you'd shit. love that, Dan. <laughs> I knew it. Laird Hamilton, dude. When you got like far off shots and shit, that's Laird. Yeah, man. I thought that was cool. All shit, of him dude. diving. I'm sorry, duck diving under yeah. waves and everything. Yeah. They almost killed him at one point, by the way. They almost killed everybody in this whole movie, but they almost killed Laird Hamilton. <laughs> Can you imagine Laird Hamilton dies doing Waterworld? <laughs> 
And then that movie comes that out. That motherfucker goes into a sauna for like three hours a day at like 200 degrees. He like cooks himself like a steak <laughs> in his sauna that he built in his backyard. Uh, he's he's just getting over his traumas from doing this movie probably. There was uh, 2,000 costumes were made. Over 2,000. Costume designer John Bloomfield said. And uh, so to get into the set of the atoll, the city. Yeah. This thing, the flotilla, as Devin Mack said, this thing was over a quarter of a mile in circumference, the size of a football stadium, and contained one million tons of steel. One million tons of steel Holy floating shit. out in the open waters. It cost $22 million just to build. How did they build it? They they built it in those warehouses in the sugar warehouses in Hawaii. And then, and then, then they just what like tugged it on a boat into the dude, open water. It was how they, they get out there. Yeah, they would have whole days where they would have to float this thing out into the ocean <laughs> and shit. It was like a gigantic undertaking moving this set around. Basically, there that was part of part of the whole expense and the problem of this movie was floating these things around floating yeah. this huge set and they're not they're not like floating these things around in a lagoon right they're in floating the these things around in the open water of hawaii <laughs> mind you hawaii is like one of the surf capitals of the world yeah. because of its fucking waves yeah <laughs> yeah they, they might have been better duded on like the gulf coast where right. it's mostly calm I don't, I don't know why they just wouldn't build it out here in tampa yeah or texas or yeah <laughs> that at one point the sets of this movie these big steel sets they used up all the available steel in the hawaiian islands Every single ounce of steel <laughs> in Hawaii was used to build Waterworld at one point. And when they ran out, they had to fly in steel from California. They had to build a new yeah. runway at Kona Airport to get all the steel there. They had to extend it by a quarter of a mile to accommodate the planes that were bringing in the steel. They, You know, Dev and Max, we were talking about this on the last episode about movies that get made where... You have to invent shit, and like you have to terraform yeah. the earth to make this movie. <laughs> yeah, you, you build something to blow. Right, up, you know? right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, all this had to have come up before they started filming. Like they, like I'm sure there was pre-production done. Did they not calculate all this in advance and yeah. be like, "This is movie is Cocaine. not worth doing." Cocaine's a hell have of a drug. Have you ever tried to do a production schedule on an? Right, right, right. <laughs> this is what happened. <laughs> He's like, I think we've got enough steel, dude. Yeah, but you miss one or two things. You forget about this line item here or there. It's not like we're going to use all the steel in Hawaii. It's not like that's going to happen, dude. Just chill. <laughs> yeah, right. Let's right. build a runway. That's such a cokehead thing to do. I just need all the steel in Hawaii. Give me it all. God damn it. Fine. We'll just <laughs> build a runway. How much do you? How much do you expect this this floating thing to cost? Oh, like twenty, 20 million dollars. <laughs> oh, okay, sure, sure. No, so we're gonna sure. do blow it up. So you're telling it's like it's like, <laughs> yeah. but for sure, somebody at some point had to say. So the so the budget for this movie is twenty two or a hundred million, right? Uh-huh. Kevin Costner had to have already had cost fifteen million off the rip, yeah. no doubt about it. Yeah. So take that out. Yeah. Now you got twenty two million dollars <laughs> to build this atoll. So that's 20% of the budget already is gone just to yeah. build the city 
that yeah. not even the whole movie it's takes in the place. The first in. twenty minutes of the movie. Yeah. yeah, that's why I'm convinced there was a script. There was actually there was a, a version of this movie like a script that had a lot more cities and a lot yeah. more stuff. But it's yeah. twenty million dollars to build one, right? You know, yeah. and you're trying to float it out into the ocean. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. It's it's like yeah. There's the the multiple versions that have come out over the right. years. You know, right. That, yeah, that get longer and give more detail because there is the footage, I guess, exists. The content is there. Right. Now. Yeah, but uh, I would love I to read the original original vision, script but... of this movie. Yeah, there was a novelization of it after the movie. I'd like to. That read makes that. more sense yeah, too. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Charles Gordon, the producer, he saw the model of the atoll and he heard how big the real set had to be, and he genuinely thought that they were like pranking him Joking. yeah he thought they were kidding around he's like ah that's hilarious that what a dream right, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. but they're like we want it to be a shit ton of steel so we can <laughs> jump not only do we need it to be big but we need to be able to jump jet skis <laughs> off of it like another line and they basically they told him Look, man, it has to be this big because of the trimaran. You know, the coolest part oh, of the movie, the trimaran, has to pull in here and everything's got to look oh, good. Oh, that's true. Yeah. The fucking catamaran, they call it a trimaran. Right. That's not a real Yeah, trimaran. yeah. They just put an extra hull on there. Right. Yeah. Made yeah. something up. Again, invented it's also something mutos for this movie. who drive it, you know. <laughs> yeah. Super mutos. <laughs> mutos. Uh, Pure hydro, dude. The trimaran, that thing was 60 feet long. Mm. So to have it in scale in frame, yeah. they had to build it that yeah. big. Yeah. But what they didn't need to do was make it completely functional that big. They could have made like a small part of it walkable and doable, and then just put like again and most of this, everywhere else. I still <laughs> insist most of this could have been shot on a soundstage. Like, yeah. like you could have built that set, and like the scenes that weren't like the wide shots could have just been shot on a set. It's not like, as fun, dude. Oh my god. Then we don't get to go to Hawaii. You take it away my Hawaii trip, you know? I'm going to be on jet skis in Hawaii for un- uh, who knows how long. I, I, I don't think ho- shooting in Hawaii was the best idea. They could have done some more. And honestly, they totally could have done, done the wides of miniatures. Like, yeah, yeah. There was a way to do this movie for half like, the money. Anywhere but Hawaii, probably. Well, they got... Yeah. They got Brazil, there's a ton of places. They got to work building this thing, and the the crew, they, con- they constructed it in sections. They worked 24 hours a day, seven days a week, for three months to build this thing. That's each- going to be my question, how long did it take? Yeah, each section required... Who did? Did they get local labor? Yeah, they got local everything. They and flew that in, That's too. when they started getting <laughs> ripped by the local contractors, just making serious dough off of this. They rented four cranes... To lift everything into the water, um, the full set was built on a rotating platform so that when filming just off the Hawaiian coast, the camera could always film towards the open sea. Uh, but, however, for scenes on the ocean open, it had to be towed miles away from land, usually taking up most of the day. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was, it was Wait, not so good. Wait, so they, they, they pulled it back every day? I figure once they put it out in the ocean, it just kind of sat no, there. You gotta, for... No, you got to pull that thing back. It's a $20 million <laughs> set. <laughs> Yeah, things can go different. Yeah, you'll lose that thing forever. That's a a twenty million dollar playground for a helicopter billionaire guy or something. I figured they all just stayed out there in the open ocean during filming. Like I thought they like still out there. Well, like you just your 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 barracks, I guess, are just like a cruise ship, and then like you just like I don't know. Yeah, 
Bro, how funny would that be if the set for Waterworld was just floating around the Pacific and people, like, people yeah. like, lost on shipwreck, just like come upon this ghost structure of oh Waterworld remnants. It's like you're on you're on you're on a boat on acid one day and come across this thing. It's like Jesus Christ, man, the world's ended. There's like etchings in the wall. <laughs> Fuck Kevin and shit. <laughs> Fuck Kevin. That's Kevin Reynolds, the director, etched that into the wall. Actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is where we get into uh, this is where we get into some fun stuff because nobody bothered to take a look at the fucking weather before they started filming in Hawaii around this time. Literally. They said Universal didn't even consider this. That the, the weather in Hawaii. So, <laughs> so they decided to film during during hurricane season, hurricane season <laughs> on cocaine. So the production was ravaged by three major hurricanes and a few more just like little small ones here and there. <laughs> At one point, the main city, the twenty-two million dollar, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, two billion pound structure. Completely wiped out by a hurricane. What? Completely wiped out. There was another set. There was going to be a whole faction of the slavers. They had a an entirely other $20 million set built to be the slaver land. Mm-hmm. That got wiped out. They basically had to rewrite the script again because they're like, well, we're not going to build that shit again. It, they they never even shot on it? Never even shot on it. I don't, I, if they did, they didn't use any of it. It is gone. Wait, so wait, did they build the atoll again? They built it again. <laughs> so basically, this set isn't twenty million. It's a forty million dollar atoll. Yeah, that's now we're getting to half of the budget around there. <laughs> they built it again because no one looked at the weather. The Weather Channel could have saved them $20 million at least, but no one bothered to watch the fucking weatherman. It's literally that part of Tropic Thunder where they blow up the set by accident. Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were like, oh shit, it's a hurricane. I bet all the locals in Hawaii were like, yeah, yeah, dude, it's a hurricane. Like, you didn't see this come. We've been knowing about this shit for months. Uh, Somebody they- could have just asked us. Well, I mean, even to not... During hurricane season, like it's a season. The whole season, yeah. <laughs> Someone would think maybe there'll be a hurricane at some point. It's always again, yeah. Oh why should this in Hawaii? At, at the very least, I want to know. I want to know. At the very least, Laird Hamilton at one day was like, "What are we doing here right now? Like, this is not when we come to Hawaii." Not man. one person brought this <laughs> no, up, bro. You told me not one person. Laird fucking lives. That's it. true. Laird wants the waves. Hawaii. Laird's like, "Yes, let's absolutely film this in hurricane season because that's when I'm gonna get at the biggest fucking waves." Um, yeah. <laughs> when it wasn't a hurricane. Every single day was 45 mile an hour winds, and every single day was so choppy waters that they would have to find windows where it was like smooth enough to film on. And everybody is just throwing up, dude. Like every the crew, the cast, everybody seasick, sunburn, covered in salt water. Oh my god! People are. We're gonna get into like people are dying. Basically, what? Died? I mean, almost no. But I'm oh. shocked. I'm shocked that no one died. Actually, that is movie. surprising. No one died. Shooting this movie. I'm surprised all of them didn't die shooting this movie. Kevin? I mean, 
Parts of people. Parts died. of people. Died. <laughs> Parts of Kevin Reynolds died forever. He'll never. Kevin Reynolds was never the same after directing this film. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> Kevin Costner was on set for 157 days of the shoot. He worked six days a week. He wound up putting 25 million dollars of his own out of his pocket money into this movie, which I imagine. It probably came from Tig Productions for making Dancing with Wolves. Right, That's yeah. where I'm guessing yeah. it came from. But His own yeah, money is probably yeah. a very loose term there. Yeah. But, but still. Still, you know, he believed in this project that much? Well, he, yeah. yeah. I mean, this was, it became his baby. And also, dude, I imagine after putting $25 million in, now it's the real Kevin Costner show. Okay. No, yeah, like, I, yeah. If you put that much money, it is your movie now. It yeah. is your movie now. Yeah. No one can tell Kevin Costner how Waterworld's going to go except for him at <laughs> yeah. this point. Not even Universal. Yeah. He's like, this isn't studio money. This is my money. And we're, we're in the middle of the ocean. Who you going to call? Who's going to stop me? <laughs> Who's going to stop me in the middle of the ocean? Um, also, during filming. Tell his execs to come out here and talk to me about it. <laughs> Huge shocker, but during filming, Cindy, his wife, filed a divorce against him, and it got really nasty. They said Kevin Costner was a lot of fun to be around, dude. <laughs> horrible divorce while he's out here. Oh, God, those uh, poor PAs, dude. Oh that feels so God. bad. <laughs> and he almost died twice. One time, they tied him to the mast of the Trimera, and it just kind of floated out to sea without anybody <laughs> like... <laughs> He just floated it away. It just floated away. I heard yeah. about that. Heard they were like, they're like, they're like, go get him, go get him. That's also how Kevin Costner fired people. Imagine the AD. He's like, I got two questions. Where's Kevin Costner? And where's the Trimera? And someone looks out into the ocean, and they're like, oh, there he is. <laughs> Tied to the mass, <laughs> probably just like, hey! Hey! <laughs> Imagine that tone on set and how pissed he was when he walked back off. <laughs> oh my god, dude. People were, that was not yeah, a like, Everybody is so quiet. <laughs> so it's like quiet. middle of the ocean. <laughs> and he's just sunburnt and salty. <laughs> Pissed off. Everyone's just silent. No one says a word when he gets back. Not one word. Not one. Uh, and then... When he gets back, I wouldn't be there. I would leave. I would leave set and be like, I have a family emergency in Hawaii. I gotta go. Because when Kevin Costner gets back to set after we almost killed him, just let him float out into the ocean, I don't imagine it's gonna be a very fun day for the rest of the day. I'm so confused how that even happens. Oh my god, me too, dude. Me he too. just tied him up and then he left. Yeah. Like, yeah. Then he left. And then he fucking, <laughs> then he bye. He probably did it on purpose. He's like, you know what? Fuck you, dude. You can like that's this. like after that, I'm sure he was like, Do you want to get to the mast? Do you want to get the mast? I'll put you on that damn mast, alright? It's punishment. Punishment. Um he also he almost got killed by uh Devin Max, you guys. The the big <laughs> sail pole thingy in the front. Oh, the boom. Yeah. He, he, the he boom. almost got domed by that one good time. but uh, <laughs> That's pretty common, yeah, that's, though. A lot of people get like knocked the fuck common. out by that. Yeah. Uh, he also, he had to look wet, of course, the whole time. Like, the entire movie, he has to look wet. 
So they're just dumping buckets of water on him between takes. <laughs> and they said it got to the point where he's screaming at these guys who are dumping the water on him. And they they have to do it. They have to do it. And he's just like, you motherfuckers. Bro. Bro, fuck a sequel. We have to do a behind the scenes yes, scripted yes, version of how oh this got my God. made. And part oh, and part man. of the budget, part of the budget was he insisted <laughs> they CGI his hair because he was balding, and they I noticed, insisted yeah. that he they CGI hair onto his head. They did a bad job. They did a bad. They probably because they were like, yeah, sure, we'll do well, that. CGI wasn't really that great. It was 1992. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. It's different time. Different time for CGI. Uh, but yeah, he was also he had to be bare feet at all time so mole skin was attached to the soles of his feet <laughs> to protect him from sharp objects and stuff but he kept stubbing his toes on all the steel shit he's just walking around these like huge steel sets yeah. barefoot and he oh keeps stubbing his toe yeah. he's covered in water he's in a third hole on that boat not supposed to be there <laughs> what I, i'm so confused why he they didn't just do his costume of some sort of hat or like a, a bandana or something because like, they wanted to dump water on him he, they had been on set with him for but a while no but like but if the problem i'm talking about the hairline That's thing like the funniest done like thing. a sea bandana or something like can you imagine after him being on that fucking pole tied up and he comes back and the set is quiet and somebody throws a fucking pole on his He's just standing there so angry and they just jump It's like, sorry, sorry, Kev, you gotta be wet for this next scene. So cold. Oh my god. I, I wish I was oh. fucking up fishing the water. Oh my god. <laughs> but look, it's funny though, because that being said, <laughs> this man, while everyone else, everyone else, are they're forced to live in these uninsulated condominiums that were like on the beach. And I'm pretty sure a few people like slept in those like warehouses and stuff. Yeah. Basically, everyone is sleeping, like, almost outside at this point. Uh, it hit 125 degrees on some days of, like, you know, and they're all just in there. And the cost man is staying in an oceanfront villa with a butler, a chef, a private swimming pool, and it costs yeah. $4,500 a night to stay there in 1993 or some shit. Oh, my God. So he's definitely, like, you know, he's... That's why he wanted to film. That's Hawaii. why he wanted to film. <laughs> when he's not on. I just want to go live in Hawaii with a butler for a also, while. Also, man, look, I got to say, in my opinion, that's just going to make it harder on yourself. You got to go back to that set every day after you come home to your butler and your swimming pool and your, like, Hawaiian vacation. And why then would you got to. the swimming pool. Yeah. I would be so sick of water. Yeah, for sure. Well, maybe. I'd, I'd Maybe swimming in some chlorine water rather than salt water for once might be nice. But I don't know, Universal, if you're looking for Waterworld 2, I don't mind going and staying in a villa and then spending <laughs> time on a sailboat. At this point, I don't want, yeah. I, the only thing I want from this franchise is I want like a disaster artist style making of movie. Like I want like a dramatized <laughs> yeah. That's what of, we need, dude. Seriously. Yeah. We need like the true story yeah. of I want Waterworld. the disaster artist then, for this. Like, yeah. Script They're that shit. water yeah. on him. <laughs> 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 it's my favorite sorry, visual Kevin. image. <laughs> sorry, Kevin. Yeah, Max. Sorry, Kevin. 
<laughs> Sorry, Kevin. Uh, but he he was not the only one who almost died. Uh, Gene Triplehorn, who played Helen, and Tina Majori, Majorino, who was the little girl, they nearly drowned on the very first day of filming Waterworld. They almost drowned. They the the trimaran they were on sank. That was like uh, one of the boats sank. First day, by the way. First day, this thing almost sinks, and it somehow dragged them like in with it, I guess, and they almost drowned. I don't. And apparently, Gene oh, Triplehorn. Well, that catamaran is like a T, and that's upside down. So if it's high winds, like forty-five mile an hour winds, like right. you said, that fish is going to tip over. And they're gonna go right with wow. it and be trapped and do yeah. whatever. And with those nets too, like the, the net, the net bottom it had, you easily get your foot like caught in it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And there's a little girl. Yeah. that almost drowned too. Jean Triplehorn though played Helen. Yeah, she said she had a real problem because after the first day of almost drowning. <laughs> She never wanted to see water again, basically. Like, yeah. she still, to this day, doesn't go by swimming pools, she says. She like, has wow. a fear of water now. And now she has to film all of Waterworld. Oh, my God. You <laughs> still got the rest of the movie to film. Yeah, yeah. she still got the rest of the movie to go. Yeah. And she kind of was like, yeah, that's great. Also, Tina Majorito, the little girl, was constantly attacked by jellyfish. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, the crew started calling her Jellyfish Candy. Which I would suggest not. Yeah. Just don't, you know. <laughs> don't yeah, but... call any child yeah. any candy. <laughs> <laughs> 90s were a different time. <laughs> it was the 90s. We were on cocaine. Oh, my God. Uh, the stunt coordinator, Norman Howell, Devin Max, you'll know about this shit. He got hit with decompression sickness during filming an okay. underwater yeah. scene. He was... Probably coming up. To yeah, the or something. yeah. He was rushed to a hospital in Honolulu via helicopter. They had to helicopter him to the hospital, and uh, he recovered. Okay, yeah. But apparently, he must have had a problem. Was he was he scuba diving or free diving? Was it just uh, was he at compressed air? Like he was scuba diving or? I don't know. I don't know. They just say it was an underwater shot that they were doing an underwater scene, and he got he got sick. It was like life threatening. Basically, he he came back to the mm. set, but he got diving. fucked up. Wow. Yeah, that's is that the bins? Yeah, okay. it, it's essentially that. Yeah. Okay. Um, is there anything on how they shot the part where like the city's underwater? Yeah, that was a model. Okay. Uh, they used a model okay. for that. So and... they didn't just build a city underwater. <laughs> they probably at this, would. At this rate, it's yeah. They probably like, would. What's the most difficult land? They actually discovered Atlantis and fucked it up so bad that they couldn't tell anybody that they had actually found it. Don't tell anybody. They'll never know. They'll never know the bigger boat was out there. <laughs> Again, it feels like this movie was made by people who have never made a movie before. Yeah. they. But that's the funny thing that you say that because the underwater city, they did use a tank. They used a tank. Uh, they use it. To do yeah. um, space training, it's the same type of tank, okay, yeah. and they shot models in a tank okay. there, so they did use a tank for the cities. Yeah, okay, yeah, for the underwater stuff. That was some cool shit, by yeah. the way. I thought that was awesome. That was cool. It was cool. The underwater yeah. city, and uh, yeah, like I said, Laird Hamilton almost died. He also got washed away at sea at some point. They almost killed Laird Hamilton in Waterworld. <laughs> well, how did, so how, did, how did he almost die? It didn't really say a whole lot of specifics. Yeah. It just said at some point he also found himself like. Way too far out in the ocean. <laughs> I mean, I, I, it, it, I'm surprised it happened more often. Honestly, the scene where they he throws the girl in the water, I'm like, she could have like actually just floated away, like yeah, yeah, like a shark just. 
Yeah, and apparently everybody on set was... Yeah, like, the scene just keeps going on, and then cut, and then, all right, go get her. <laughs> Where is she? Yeah, it's like, oh, I wasn't watching. <laughs> I mean, dude, somebody let Kevin Costner float out. <laughs> you know, people are not paying attention. There's too, many, too much cocaine being done in Hawaii right now. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's actually, and everyone's sick right. too. That's the other thing. Everyone's nauseous. Oh, like, dude, they were all eating ginger snaps. They said they they had like this huge supply mm. of ginger snaps at some point because the entire crew they're all eating ginger snaps yeah. all day. They found that was like the only thing that would kind of help their yeah, seasickness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the press starts to hear about this. Mm -hmm. the The press, if you go and look at all these old like interviews and stuff. Basically, it was like Universal is making the most expensive movie ever made. Yeah, and then I imagine the, that's like a big part of the marketing. Yeah, yeah. And the press started getting yeah. word that, you know, Kevin Costner and Kevin Reynolds are screaming at each other. They got word that Kevin had put $20 million of his own money into it. They got word that, like, people are almost dying. At some point, uh, there was a rumor going around that two crew members had actually died making the movie. <laughs> Basically, just the press went wild with I'm it. I'm so surprised they didn't pull the plug on this movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're probably about to until uh, Kevin Costner was like, I'll, I'll front 20 million Probably. More. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the press got there to visit the set. And there were $60 million into their $100 million budget already. And the press gets there, and it's pretty early on in the movie. <laughs> so so the press gets there and it's just like has a... Day three. Day three. <laughs> <laughs> the first day, and they're pulling out those actors from being drowned in the ocean, and they're $60 million in, you know. <laughs> yeah, we're ready to go. <laughs> Literally Tropic Thunder. And so yeah. after they were... <laughs> the press basically was there for like a few days and they were like, you can't be here anymore. <laughs> they banned the press from being on set anymore they don't blame because them. they were telling people what was going on on set. <laughs> and they started... <laughs> they started a relentless attack on the movie at this point. So, yeah. yeah and um, yeah, they, they said that these guys had died, these two guys... The director, he was contacted by journalists who had been informed that these two guys died, and the producer, Charles Gordon, had to like go and smooth things over and tell everybody, no, 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 they, they didn't die, they're all good, you know, they're did still we, there. Just say, did they die? Uh, who knows? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> who knows, to be honest. Uh, they said no, but okay. maybe some people said yes. Maybe the guys who died said yes. But he, Charles Gordon, the producer, said... That he thinks the bad press cost them fifty million dollars in the box office. Wow, that's what he calculated I, while he was on cocaine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can play Monday morning quarterback. <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah, there's, exactly. But there's no such thing as bad press. Like all of this would just make people want to see it more. Maybe, yeah. Like, because dude, Titanic wasn't good either. Like the filming of Titanic, they filmed in Mexico, and James Cameron almost filmed killed a bunch of people too. Like apparently, like. <laughs> Those people falling from that set when yeah. the ship goes under and stuff, yeah. that was apparently a lot of people got really bad hurt on that set. I had imagine well. so, yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. Can, yeah. yeah. Titanic would be a good yeah. episode one of these days, too. It would be. Yeah. After after Waterworld, though, it's got to go a while. For yeah, we got to stop with the sea movies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Titanic had a bunch of. We're going to make a movie about a ton of people dying in a ship yeah. sinking. What could possibly yeah. go well, wrong? Well, it basically came out that James Cameron went to Mexico on purpose because he was like, well, they're not going to. There's less. Laws SAG's there. not down there, baby. There's less laws. <laughs> yeah, like, like, <laughs> yeah. Send your SAG representative to Mexico. Just try it. 
this is where the uh, the firings began. Okay. Uh, the the yeah. Kevin Costner firings. Uh, Mark Isham, who was initially hired to compose the score, recorded basically only demos. He was like 25% done with his job. And Kevin Costner hated it. He hated the score. He said it was too ethnic and bleak. Too ethnic. Interesting. Interesting choice and bleak. of words. Yeah, very interesting choice of words. I don't I don't quite know what Kevin Costner meant by too ethnic, but I can guess. You know. Um <laughs> It was I'm in trying. 1992, I'm sure it was like N.W.A. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember what the soundtrack was like. It's like yeah. it's kind of it's uh, not there. Yeah. It's 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 very not memorable. Like no, whatever he yeah. ended up greenlighting was not worth the, yeah, the trouble. Yeah, it was it was kind of it was fishy. <laughs> it was fishy. Uh, he said it contrasted the film's futuristic and adventurous tone. So Isham offered to try again. Like okay, I'll just that's fine. You don't like it? I'll make another yeah. score. And Costner was like, nah, you're out. <laughs> That'll do. Thank you for your service. <laughs> and he was replaced by James Newton Howard, who approached the film as a swashbuckling adventurer. So basically just white. You know, he just went white with it. Uh, not, God forbid, it be ethnic. Because <laughs> Howard because Howard came aboard so late into the film's production, uh, Hans Zimmer actually gave him access to a sample library because he was, like, way already behind yeah. schedule, you know. yeah. So Hans Zimmer had something to do with the score as well, which is pretty cool. Yeah. I like me some Hans Zimmer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hans Zimmer's like, okay, this is shit, this is shit, this is shit. You can have these three. (laughs) 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 So, yeah, he fired this guy. Then that led to writers getting fired left and right. Writers having to rewrite shit. He doesn't like it. He rewrites it all. And eventually, like I was telling you guys about, Kevin Reynolds, he didn't fire Kevin Reynolds. Kevin Reynolds left. The director literally just left the movie. At what point in the movie? Uh, I think they were like halfway to a three quarters in or yeah. something, and he he quit. I, I that does not surprise me. I'm yeah. surprised. He didn't, I'm surprised he didn't go with like three directors. I well, I guess because he he took over directing after. Yeah, that. he yeah, took okay. over directing. Even like I said, even in the editing bay, he did the editing wow. and stuff as well. They finished this movie somehow. They they finally wrapped this damn movie after 160 yeah. days on open water. And I imagine just a lot of people are sigh of relief. Sigh of relief. A lot of people probably like went home to their families <laughs> and like no one saw them ever again. I never want to see water again. Do you again. think yeah. they like do you think like at rap after like the martini speech when he calls cut, like they go to dump a cooler on Kevin, <laughs> but they like, Well, hey, maybe we shouldn't. <laughs> he just shoots them. He's like, This this is where I kill you. I how long was it? Like half yeah, of a year? Yeah, it was half of a year. It was like, and straight. Like six days a week, 12-hour shoots at least, you know. <laughs> Just basically half of a year on the water, on in the ocean. I can't even... The, so they filmed, like, for the duration of Hurricane season. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> as soon as Hurricane season was over, they were done filming. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, this isn't a challenge anymore. We don't I want to be here. I cannot imagine the party. Like, either, either it probably wasn't the night they wrapped, because everybody probably slept for like 20 hours straight, but the party after wrapping this thing, I can't even, everybody's sunburned, tired as shit. I can't imagine doing this. I, I like, 
Well, did it make more on Premiere or in so, the first years or over So it time? opens. Like, it was it op- like a cult Basically, thing. this is the thing about this movie is technically it was a flop, but only because Open Weekend. Open Weekend, it made $80 million, which is not great when you consider yeah. that 235 got spent. But, yeah, it was, it was this huge flop. It was nicknamed Kevin's Gate and fish tar because <laughs> there were these historic flops one in 1980 called heaven's gate that was a big one and one called ishtar in 1987 mm. that was a so they're calling it kevin's gate mm. but if they didn't yeah. do the during the hurricane and having to spend all that money right. twice yeah. it would have been kind of yeah would have been gangbusters so yeah. yeah it did eventually that year uh, earn a profit when it went worldwide mm-hmm. they made their money back they made 264 million worldwide in 1995 uh, but 55% of that 145 million of it went to the studio and the remainder to the theaters basically right so 145 million by the way they got they budgeted for 100 million and then they get 145 back the studio so they got that was a what that's 45 jesus that's huge they signed the contract for a lot of money back anyway and as of nowadays mm-hmm. it has definitely turned a profit now yeah. but still it's it's now just now broken to where it's made a profit of like 10 million dollars you know wow yeah this like day. years later yeah. yeah so it's it's not a it is known as a huge bomb it's not like the biggest bomb ever for right, sure yeah no it could be could have been way worse they're gonna spend more on distributing the uh, royalty checks for that ten million dollar, or from the mental health appointments <laughs> that the post traumatic stress yeah, is caused from sending out like, those royalty all checks. All the proceeds went to therapy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's supposed to be a nightmare to insure. Like, yeah, yeah. And then the, um, there, there was no stories of like a wave wiping out like hundred thousand dollar cameras or anything. Oh, like I'm that. sure. Like, I'm yeah. sure that happened all the time. I'm sure that happened all the time. Uh, the, yeah. Just the big ones are the ones we hear about. These right, big sets yeah. being destroyed. And yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. A wave and things shifted and one just went. Absolutely. I mean, you don't even need the full wave. All you need is like a just, large enough droplet in the wrong right, spot. Right. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. That happened. Yeah. Had to have happened. <laughs> no doubt about it. Lenses, all sorts of stuff. I mean, you know, somebody just forgot to put something away on deck or oh. kick something in the fucking yeah. water. Lenses. Or film. Yeah. Like, yeah. We were still doing film then. So what if they, like, yeah, somebody, somebody just opens a, a bin and, yeah. like, ruins a bunch of totally. shots that have been... Because, I mean, imagine, exposed you know, we didn't even really get into, like, yeah, there's this... The sets of the day are either the giant flotilla or just the trimaran. But you've got 20 boats out there. Or the oil yeah, and the tanker. oil tanker. You got 20 yeah. boats out there That's with it. your crew and your cameras and fucking crafty. They had to... You have multiple kind of barges, bar, yeah. boats all to gen- operate, yeah. all the prop boats, yeah. like they, radios and safety and make controllers for right. all of them. It's probably a gas ship. Yeah. yeah. They probably have a place to fuel up, a, barge, a fuel barge out right. there. Uh, probably like a catering barge. I'm guaranteed they bring that stuff out there, like a catering barge, a yeah. gas barge, like just to when people aren't on the water, come in here. Yeah, have something to. They to did stand say on, uh, you know? when people had to go to the bathroom, they had to drive them all the way back to shore to go to the bathroom. What? Yeah, like when. Oh, then maybe wow. not, because you bring porta potties. We have porta yeah. potties, right? No? Yeah, but you don't want to be. In a porto potty in Ugh. the heat on big waves Just on a barge around. in the middle of the fucking ocean. Oh yeah. my god. 
I'm sure, like, the guys were like, just piss over the yeah, side. Yeah, I'm sure there was yeah, we'll quite a few Sorry. pissing over the side going wow. on. Absolutely. Which I'm surprised that Costner just didn't have, like, a luxury yacht out there. In, yeah. in yeah. conjunction with his villa. Well, he's yeah. always been at nine grand a day <laughs> on his hotel room, so. <laughs> on his lodging. Man, um, wait, nine grand a day for a hundred and sixty. Yeah, days. yeah, and that's just the that's the calculation. Like, what it it was forty five hundred in nineteen ninety two. So basically, like nine thousand dollars a night. You know, that's like what it, it equates to these. In today's money. So yeah, yeah. Actually, let's do the let's do the let's do the math here for hundred and sixty. So he spent about seven hundred and twenty thousand dollars on the place that he was staying at. Which I guess when you think about his twenty million that he yeah. put into the budget, you know, yeah, he spent about a million dollars just to sleep in wow. luxury while while everybody else is like sleeping in the sun and shit. Yeah, they were not happy about that. That was a well, I guess he paid. For yeah, it. yeah, I mean, I for sure for it. Yeah, and I mean by this point, you know, <laughs> don't you think your crew would have been like, "Come on, you're robbing him"? Yeah, 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 right. <laughs> What are you doing? <laughs> Anybody on that set who didn't know who he was and just knew of him from Robin Hood did not think he was Robin Hood by the time they were leaving. I guarantee it. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, so the movie released there was a uh there was a tie in video game. Uh it was released for the Nintendo Virtual Boy. Oh god. Yeah. Oh my god, the the failed VR the f- thing? Everything about this movie was like, yeah, it was on like the most failed, <laughs> on the failed console ever. The, the attempt to do VR in the 90s. Oh like, my God. Oh man. Yeah. It was accompanied by a novelization and three themed attractions at Universal Studios Hollywood, mm-hmm. Universal Studios Singapore, what? and Universal Studios Japan mm-hmm. called Waterworld, a live sea war spectacular. Wait, is the, is the Hollywood show still running? Yeah, still running. Really? Yep. Okay. All three are still running as wow. of this day. I've never seen it. Yeah. In, Ar- in Orlando? No. Singapore, Japan. Yeah, no, yeah. Orla- yeah I know for a fact. Because the yeah. Orlando one's the only one I've been to, and like, I, I know they don't have it. Right. So. Oh, dude. you never heard of it, Max? Dude. Oh, yeah, it's great. Sure. It's Waterworld, the live spectacular, and it's basically the scene in the flotilla. Yeah, I assume that's what it would be. Yeah, yeah. but they okay. do it. So, like, what they do with at MGM with the Indiana Jones. Right. Um, but this time, Drake, live action. It's it is exactly cool. yeah. yeah yeah the way they yeah, could have yeah, done yeah. it to begin with. That's what I'm saying. Like <laughs> and dudes are on jet skis, jumping all yeah. over the place, and apparently water hits you like in the ninth row. Like you oh, get wow. soaked going to this show. Yeah, and we've we've been talking about it a little bit here and there, but there is a preferred a preferred three hour cut of director Kevin Reynolds. Uh, it was drastically edited to back to 135 minute theatrical version by Kevin Costner when he took over the editing. And he basically, he was trying to recoup some of the money. He was cutting this three hours back to, you know, like what he thought would sell better. Because mm-hmm. he had just done Wyatt Earp. That was three hours. It was a bomb. Yeah. Which I don't know why in his head he was like, well, then, if Wyatt Earp didn't do well. But the new longest one, yeah. right? That's the newest. Yeah, there's one. one right? The very long yeah. one. Yeah. And that one I heard had had Jack Black. What? Or something. Oh my God! What was some of the stuff cut? Like I guess the other factions. The other like, factions. You know. uh, a lot of religious stuff. Like yeah. Dennis Hopper, his name is Deacon because yeah. he is a deacon of the religion that lives on this Exxon Valdez yeah. or the D's. Yeah, and it's <laughs> do a big line of coke. It's a religion on the Exxon Valdez. <laughs> Dennis Hopper. 
Yeah. By the way, Kevin Reynolds and Kevin Costner got back together 17 years later. Uh, Hatfields and McCoy. Hatfield and McCoy's. That was uh, Kevin Reynolds and Kevin Costner coming back together. I didn't see this. You said he quit Hollywood for a while? He quit Hollywood for a while. I don't blame him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I want to quit Hollywood, dude. I don't want to make movies anywhere after what hearing did he this. Go like, to, I don't just go make like pottery. <laughs> yeah, I want to, yeah, I want to go do pottery in Arizona. Like, <laughs> he became I don't a want, cobbler in Italy. I, this, I don't want any part of this world anymore. Yeah. Like, oh, and David Two Waterworld has killed my ambition to live. <laughs> David Twohe or Tuhi, however you say it, the writer. Uh, he went on to write Reddit, Riddick, the Chronicles oh, of Riddick. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. So he he kept with that like futuristic yeah 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 that makes sense yeah, yeah, yeah like really lore based yeah, yeah. really heavily lore based uh yeah. storytelling well that's all i got written for Waterworld, y'all man i think that that that's the story what an incredible journey two and a half hours later <laughs> what, was, what a light episode it's gonna be a light Waterworld episode. has been I oh man! Even last night I was like, "Damn, it's been an adventure." It has been right. It's been ups and downs, everything I in between. Cannot believe that, like none of. I mean, this had to have come up beforehand. How many problems was going to be if this? There was so many easier ways to film this movie. It didn't Steven have to Spielberg cost said, "Don't do it." Yeah, he said, "Don't do it." Well, no. yeah, I uh, construction, the open ocean, hurricanes. You know, <laughs> all these people where to put them, how to feed them. So many know, logistical like, problems. Cocaine. With cocaine. <laughs> and, the, and the stunt show proves you could have just shot this on a set. Hey, man. Listen. Oh, man. But, but, but then you wouldn't have Kevin Costner getting buckets of water. And floating off. Floating off into the face. Dude, that. I, I totally think they could have done it in better locations. It yeah, much and not stronger. during hurricane season. I think we all took a, we all took away the same thing though that we wish that there were cameras rolling on Kevin Costner floating out yeah. in the middle of the ocean. I need a disaster artist style like movie about this. You, you know, I bet you in some executive's vault at Universal He's mic'd exists up. some weird angle. That some pissed off cameraman was like, Fuck this. <laughs> keep rolling, keep rolling, keep rolling. Hey, some, some random. I've heard how he talks to cameramen. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised at all. I I would love. I'm telling you, yeah. man. You got to respect, you respect the camera. I, I would love to sit down and have a beer with like someone who's like a PA on the set. Oh my god! And just like hear hear the stories. Absolutely. I would. Oh, oh my god! Because you like you can't really quit. Where are you gonna go? You're <laughs> stuck in Hawaii. Yeah. It's not like you can just go home. Also. Imagine the sunburn. <laughs> oh my god! Imagine. I mean, oh my god! I, I just—it's one thing to be out there for a week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, two months, three months, like Six out in months. the open ocean. <laughs> and you keep having to go yeah, back, and back forth. and forth. Oh Every my day. god, dude. And eventually, like, I'm not getting no. out of the boat. No, like, there's just no way. Well, there's no there's sleep. No you're way. not getting any sleep for six months. Yeah. And then, it, yeah. And then you're in your... And also, that transition from boat to shore, you wouldn't sleep because you'd be rocking. Oh. Like, still Yeah, that was just about to say that. You're laying in your unair conditioned like condominium you might as well just sleep on a yeah. boat it might be yeah more easy i probably would that's what i'm saying it's just like fall asleep on a you know on that trimaran yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i would be sleeping in... I, I do think that no i'd be sleeping in kevin costner's room he just wouldn't know it it's such a big place i would sneak <laughs> in every night and find my own little corner you know 
<laughs> no, don't lie. You would get on your knees and beg for a job too. <laughs> Just like, they're like, why is why is he getting to sleep in Kevin Costner's bed every night? Like, <laughs> how does he get this privilege? And Kevin Costner's like, you're super talented, kid. I'm gonna make you a star. He's the fluffer. He's the fluffer. You just become Kevin Costner's boyfriend on set, so you can sleep in there every night. <laughs> You guys are wondering why he has such a thing against, you know, sex trafficking. Like, do they pay people extra for, like, this? I don't... Dude. Because why would you accept this job? If you're talking about, like, a bump, I don't know. Because you get to go to Hawaii. You get a free trip to Hawaii. Well, no, you know, you... It's more about what do you think the movie's going to do? Is it going to win awards? Is it going to be noteworthy? Is it going to make your career? If somebody said Universal is making the most expensive movie ever in 2022, do you want to be in it? Yeah. Yeah. And be like, probably. Because even if it's a disaster, it's. Because I'm just talking about like the bit roles. Like, I'm talking like the PAs, like the grips. Like, like, there's so many. I mean, mean, a job's a job, but like, there's so many other gigs that don't require you to be in on open water for six months. Yeah. Like. It does sound cool. I mean, look, there's a big part of me where it sounds cool. Just like how, like, I would love to do Navy SEALs training, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, I would love to live on the water for six months and become, like, a leathery, tan, skinny guy. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. But also, yeah, well, you gotta know what you're in for. I wonder how many people are involved in the total. That's a yeah, I'm question. Sure, I'm, that's the Hundreds. thing. I'm sure so many of the crew, like, didn't stick around for the whole thing. It's probably like a lot of people quitting, a lot of people like cycling out, like, like twice as many as there should be. But right. like every crew, month, there's like every month the crew rotates right. out. Yeah. Right, like it's a war zone. Like, sorry, these <laughs> troops are mentally fatigued. The replacements <laughs> to bring some fresh meat. <laughs> the replacements are coming in. Yeah, every month there was the new filming crew, in this was very. Many actors say it was reminiscent of uh, Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, this says. Or, you know, any Vietnam movie. <laughs> Dude, this says opening weekend. This is a little different. It grossed in the USA, that $80 million that I was talking about, why bomb? But this says opening weekend, it made $20 million Wow. After that $175 million budget. Oh, my God. I wonder if in the contract, Kevin's money was first in, first out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he got $35 million out of the 25 that he put in. Just seething, dude. He was <laughs> been so mad. Oh, my God, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to find out. I wonder if they thought that that was gonna be their big action. Yeah, film, you know? yeah. One of those. Kind yeah. Of things. I don't know how many people are involved, but it's a lot. There were a lot of people. Yeah, involved. there's no way. I, if if anyone, if any PA was on that thing for the full six months, I like applauds like applause to them because no like I, I like I, there's no way. Yeah. No way. <laughs> you would know those guys. Listen. Making, I hope they got a bonus or something. It's it's kind of ironic that it was we're talking about Kevin Costner and baseball and all that stuff because like making movies is exactly like playing fucking baseball. You take some right. swings and sometimes you hit it out of the park. You know, Jurassic Park, you know, Independence Day. Those are universal, right? Like sometimes you make Water World and you go home with your hat in your hand. And you try again next time. <laughs> oh man, I do. I do think this. I even. I. I don't like the movie, but I do think that this IP has a lot of potential. I just wonder yeah. if it's too cursed. You know what I mean? Like, I wonder if it's just like there's so much bad press around it. It's yeah. like even if you bring it back, like would people even be interested? Like, regardless well, of how cool it could be, like yeah. does anyone care? Like, yeah, because right off the bat, yeah. as soon as you say Waterworld, the first thing that comes to people's mind is Big I Bomb. Think, right? Like, know? oh god, yeah, bro. Waterworld. 
under the waves. Yeah. I think that if you like, do the way that movies get reimagined now, where you kind of really shift the idea of mm-hmm. the original basis a little bit more and make it more realistic to where we are now. Right. Oh, where maybe we'll like be. The start like okay, you do Waterworld, but the beginning, like how it started with people like the ice caps are like melting, and right. like people are starting to like build very slowly about society changing over <laughs> into the water world. <laughs> I. I yeah, I don't know. Like the world is yeah. sinking. Yeah. Y'all, I'm looking. Uh, the day after tomorrow. Uh-huh. How about like yeah, the year, <laughs> the year, the year you start the year before the last bit of land right. completely yeah, disappears. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at the. Uh... So you got one year to get yeah. everything yeah. finished, and then yeah. it's gone, and then it goes off. It kicks off into yeah. all that. That's yeah, where you have to the water world. I'm looking at the. I like. The idea of Kevin Costner putting his gills back on and having sex with a fish. <laughs> and, like, I think you don't. Shape of water. Yeah. Shape of water world. I don't even know if you call it water world. I think you, like, name it something different. Like, you kind of separate yourself. And it, Maybe, about yeah, that point, it might even do it. Like, world of water. Kevin Costner's like, should we release the movie? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's against it. We already know that. It's perfect the way it is. I just wow. wanted to say, though, I'm looking at the crew here, mm-hmm. and there are... Or melting world yeah. or something. There's some people yeah. that definitely didn't get swapped out. Like oh, really? <laughs> the makeup department was pretty small, honestly. Really? And these people, wow, they, they had one job, and it looks like they did it the whole time. Wow. Yeah, the body makeup by <laughs> Diane Cummings. So Diane Cummings was there the whole time doing all that body makeup. Wow. It's probably what happened. Yeah. I mean, I mean that's the thing. The core, the core crew is gonna have to be there the whole time. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah, yeah, yeah. But, Wow, oh, man. man. I guess I guess if, if the cost can do it, we can do it, you know. <laughs> the cost gets to go. Kev, I mean, he really he's probably there like four hours a night. I bet this came out of his mouth one time. <laughs> I'm here every fucking day, so you got to be here. And they're like, dude, you go back to a mansion with a chef. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, he was probably only there for like four hours a night. Like, you know, like. Yeah. By the time they drag that fucking flotilla the out thing. there, it's by the time they so that's what takes so long is like getting busting everyone to and from set. You wake up at four a.m. It's time to drag the flotilla, yeah. the two ton mm. flotilla, out into the ocean. Mm. That'll probably be until six or seven a.m. Then you got to rig it, mm. set it. Yeah, that's probably noon. and there's really there's only like four hours of the day you can shoot for the lighting to be the same. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then the weather got bad every yeah. night. Well, and you said that yeah, weather, weather too. Yeah. yeah, you said the weather. Clouds, yeah, yeah weather. so it probably actually did end pretty early. You probably like you probably wrapped at like three p.m. He's out there for like three hours a day. He's like, I'm out here every day. <laughs> <laughs> Some roasted assistant director Splash. who's got skin cancer now. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm sure who was on the water for twelve hours were those captains of the fucking boats Absolutely. and the barges and drinking shit, beer. Man. You know, yeah. like the hair and makeup got. Fucking ran back into shore when they were considering too, most yeah. of the movie was shot on the trimaran. Again, there was no reason that had to be in the ocean. Yeah, there's no reason they couldn't have just shot that in L.A. somewhere. Yeah. Again, Drake, go spend a night on a trimaran and then say those <laughs> blasphemous yeah, statements. I agree. You gotta, yeah. you gotta make it right. Listen, once you've drank your own pee, it is you know <laughs> balls to the wall. You just gotta go all in. I, I think you can do it on the boat if you don't do it in the Hawaiian right. Islands, way the hell over right. there. Do it on Catalina Island. You know, you're you're 
Yeah, yeah, even even closer yeah. to shore in the mainland yeah. U.S. Yeah, is better. the fucking thing rotates. They could have just as easily done it in Catalina. Yeah, you just have to get one. Like, it's just looking for one angle. Like, but again, tell, tell an '80s cocaine man that you're not going to, going to Hawaii. <laughs> it's like what? No, damn it! Again, Kevin Costner's like, but. But Long Beach doesn't have Laird Hamilton. How am I going to grow my bromance with my new stunts? Yeah, exactly. It doesn't have Laird. And also, Kevin Costner was like, yeah, but L.A. has my wife there. Like, I'd really like to not go there. I need to go to Hawaii. This was his whole plan, was to go to Hawaii and film a movie while he's doing this while he's doing this divorce, just to, like, take away from the sting a little bit. He's like, I, I know I'm getting a divorce, but I'm also, like, swimming in the water in Hawaii every day, you know? That's why he's like, you know what? I have to, damn, this is genius. He's like, I have to make such a bomb that the judge feels pity on me that I divorce, so I don't It was, oh my God, to get out of alimony. It was all a scheme to get out of alimony. That's why he spent $20 million on the movie, so he didn't have to give it to Cindy. And he knows he's going to make that bad. He's like, how much do you want to spend on your combination? Nine G's a night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cindy's lawyer was like, where's that 20 mil? And he's like, oh, I just put it into the film, bitch. Try to get that back out. <laughs> I know this movie's not going to do good. I know it's not going to do good. You'll never see that money. <laughs> oh, my God. If I can't have does, it, nobody Does Kevin Costner own any part of the IP rights, or is this all owned by Universal? Um, I think it's all owned by... I'm sure he makes a lot of money on it. Right, but, like, if they want to do something, do they have to go through Kevin, or, like... I would... Uh, what does 20, how much does $20 million buy you as far as, like, IP and stuff? I'm sure they could make it without Kevin. They, you know what probably happened? To avoid getting that money taken by the divorce... He probably put it into the project. The project's a flop. Universal, after the flop, probably paid him twenty right. mil back. Yeah. So she couldn't Guaranteed take investment. it because it was over the course of like this long time. So that if they wrap that divorce before the end of the movie film, right. you know, somebody spent it. <laughs> I guess I don't know. It all depends, case by case, but. It sounds pretty shitty, and it also sounds exactly what, like what something is, he would yeah. do. What does Dennis Hopper think about this movie? He's dead. Uh, well, I'm sorry. What, <laughs> what, what, what did he think about this movie? Like, was he proud? <laughs> he, he is a one-eyed oil tanker pirate. Yeah. What do you yeah. think he, he does, this He didn't movie? see this movie in the theaters. He saw it happening in front of his eyeballs. He he probably never laid eyes on the final cut of this Eye, movie. Eyeball. <laughs> yeah, eyeball. What's that? Oh, one eyeball. Yeah, yeah. Eyeball. <laughs> it was one eyeball. Oh, my God, dude. Some of my favorite lines, by the way. Dennis Hopper. He, he says something like, we got to keep an eye on it. And yeah. then he pulls his... His patch off, and then, and dude, I'm telling you, the different movie that he was doing, he literally okay. So, so there's a part where they have a rope tied around the machine gun boat, and they're turning it to where it's gonna start shooting at their own men. Which I don't know why the guy doesn't just stop shooting, you know, but he doesn't. And so Dennis Hopper is trying to get the man to stop, and he's yelling, Chuck, Chuck, can you hear me? He cannot hear him. He goes, Oh, maybe he goes by Charles. Charles! <laughs> it's like, dude, you're doing a different movie and I want in on yours. Yeah, I want to see that movie. I've never the Dennis Hopper movie. Yeah. Maybe he goes by Charles. It's like, oh, man. 
You think he like you think he like comes out in character dressed up and is like Man, I should have eaten two times. <laughs> yeah, well, Kevin Costner did not direct any of the Dennis Hopper scenes. <laughs> oh, Dennis Hopper probably didn't let him near it. Yeah, I was about to say, like, also he's too big of an actor <laughs> yeah. to like take anything from Kevin Costner yeah. too. So, yeah, like... that's the reason he was the only one who was allowed to do what he wanted to do <laughs> yeah. on the entire movie. Yeah, <laughs> it, it shows. shows. <laughs> it shows. <laughs> Charles, oh, so funny. So funny. Uh, anyway. Well, all in all, Waterworld. Yay or nay? I mean, I give thumbs, thumbs the fuck up, up baby. Man. Watch Waterworld as soon as you possibly can. I, I still think yeah. it's a good movie. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> recommended. Trade we convince you, you still it, hate it? It's been through so much yeah. stuff, you know? Yeah, dude. This, this movie is a sin against God. Like, I think it can do a reboot, though. <laughs> I think a mini series reboot could could really like break yeah. it through and <laughs> you know make that a more uh, unique piece, and then you would have let's this do it. Let's make it. Kind of like I, I, let's make it. it. Imagine yeah. going through Hollywood trying to pitch a Waterworld spinoff. Like, <laughs> like I've Kevin yeah. Costner would probably have us killed. Listen, I want Zeth Zac Efron. And oh Seth my Rogen. god! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And we're gonna get a trimer in, <laughs> and go to this time. We're gonna go to like, like Tasmania hear me out. for hear six me months. out. This time we're gonna get Daniel Day Lewis as the Mariner, and we're gonna get Danny McBride to play the Deacon. You know, like. I'm still waiting for Captain Nemo to fucking pop out of the water in the I Nautilus. Mean, no, the, like, the this, yeah, they all show up. Add some Jules Verne to this. The bitch. future of this franchise is a video game. They like you make a up. game. Yeah. Based in the water world, that that way you can like fully explore the lore. Because, like you have like way more room to explore. Like a re- this would be like a Red Dead yeah. Redemption. Yeah. yeah. What if it's a super realistic version where you're just in the middle of the ocean until you die because you can't find anything because <laughs> everything is just floating willy nilly on an endless <laughs> amount of water. There would be yeah. those imagine that just right, find right. Anything. Imagine like you're a fisherman and you just you're fishing and then. <laughs> This boat with Kevin Costner tied to it just floats by you. Hey! Hey! <laughs> Do you think seagulls were like shitting on him and like landing and pecking while he was away? One of the seagulls was related to a um, cameraman. Again, like I said, now that we've gone through this in actual detail, uh, I'm not saying that the production caused the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, but it wasn't there in 1992. It was there after. I guess you could go to the sunken $20 million atoll that that went down in that hurricane. You could probably visit it, scuba diving. Oh, you mean the one that's thousands of feet down at the base of a volcanic island in the middle of the ocean? I have go down there. Get some some dirt. There's, you're you're fun oh, with that one. There's currents ripping through there. I'm sure it's been. Should we tell the gone. end of this movie? <laughs> Should we just spoil the ending? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, spoiler alert. So they reach dry land in the end, and it is Mount Everest. It's the tip of Mount Everest right. is sticking up out of the water, and that is the new dry land, which brings about a few questions for me. <laughs> Just a few. Oh, oh, go ahead. Yeah, right off the top here. So, good. You found a tiny bit of dry land on Waterworld. 
So is this where the entire world is supposed to live now? Like, are we going to repopulate this probably like 10 square miles of dry land and what have millions of people living on this? Like, you know, like it's going to like, a, it's going to look like one of those fucking wharves at San Francisco <laughs> with the goddamn seals. <laughs> it's lay on top it's, it's ultimately at some point just, or has it always been there though? Because she's got right. She's from there. So there's also it. natives there clearly. So we're going to go ahead and wipe them out immediately. <laughs> well, I had so many questions. Why did they send her away? I think it was probably in the bigger, longer, uncut version, like South Park. They probably were attacked by some sort of force, and they probably, like, Jesus, Moses-style put her in the water. Yeah, it definitely feels like there's things missing from this movie. Yeah, yeah. she was somehow from Mount Everest, and now she got picked up by water people. Also, she's from Mount Everest, but she's, like, a white, blonde-haired child, you know. Like, not like, yeah. But there's just a few questions about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, and also, like, as the world is, like, you know, like flooding, wouldn't people, like, rush to the only place that would, like, is tall enough to, like, not get, like... They don't know about like, it, should, Wouldn't there be, like, a thriving population? I mean, you would think. 2,500. <laughs> I love how Kevin Costner and his ethnic tendencies <laughs> have chosen a blonde-haired, blue-eyed, white child to save... <laughs> And repopulate yeah. humanity. Do you think there's any underlying? Right, right, right. Maybe a little <laughs> eugenics. She's from the Himalayas or whatever. <laughs> Maybe a little yeah. eugenics going on here. Yeah, and then sounds a little, a little fishy. A little fishy <laughs> is definitely the name of this episode. Also, so what? The little girl grows up, and now she's gonna be like just railed by every dude on this little <laughs> island to repopulate. Is that the plan here yeah, there's as well? Only, there's only three people, right? Like the right. old, the old yeah, man, yeah. Right. The, the, the mother figure, and the little girl. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's just not, it's not, it's a very bleak picture yeah. that they have painted here of yeah. salvation. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and Kevin Costner leaves, and probably rightfully so. He's... <laughs> Oh, yeah, he left. <laughs> yeah, fuck <laughs> this. He left to go be a C person. I thought it was really funny, too. Like, uh, they, they, uh, uh, he's like, I don't feel good here. And the little girl's like, it's just land sickness. We all have it. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. If, imagine <laughs> imagine if you were born on water constantly. You probably would feel weird to you're step just, foot. You're, like, trying to stand up. Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> step foot on something stable would probably feel very weird. You got to get your land legs. <laughs> this is land world. And I, I'm also curious, like, how fast did the water yeah. move? Because that plaque of Mount Everest is just sitting there right. on the rock. Mount Everest is a fucking mountain covered by like a Nothing shit ton of ice sense. and snow. That would have had to like flash flood and like land directly in right. the middle. Like I'm just yeah. so confused. It, it, it very much is written by a man on cocaine. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it absolutely was. Tell that to an '80s cocaine man. Oh. <laughs> I think that the origin needs more, more uh, definitely, expanding on. Definitely. You know? Yeah, basically. I think everything needs more expanding <laughs> Basically, the, yeah. I, what I read was the script came out and someone pointed out to uh, Raider, the guy who wrote it, that if all the ice caps were to melt in a tragedy like that, the water wouldn't actually raise up 
like as high as you made it. It would yeah. be like a hundred feet or something. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah well, we're gonna do this, you know. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about that. I was like, I don't think the science is there, but whatever. It's whatever. A movie. It's a movie. I mean, um, wait, is that guy still yeah. around or is he dead? Raider. Yeah. Let's see. He's alive. He's alive, baby. We need to track this man down. He's uh, is he still, wor- is he still he, working? He wrote the Last Legion. We if we. If we track him down, we better be sure not to have him <laughs> <to> do this first. <laughs> I he knows what he wrote. Wait, I say he's still alive. Let me make sure. I think we make just one too many cocaine. Yeah, he's I think he's still alive. The last No way. He was a segment director on Dog Whisperer. This can't be him. This can't be him. No, that's no, but exactly. it says writer on Waterworld. That's, that's exactly the where tracks. I thought his career was going to be. It says he's the writer of Waterworld, <laughs> the director of Hired to Not Kill. Not Caesar Milan. Go but... ahead, Dev. <laughs> <No. laughs> Wait a minute. Dude, I uh, I think he's a segment director on Dog Whisperer. <laughs> Waterworld was one of the four things that he wrote. <laughs> oh my god he wrote for Escape to Witch Mountain in 1995 a TV movie he wrote Waterworld then he wrote Universal St- Studios theme parks adventure a video game about the Waterworld ride and then he wrote The Last Legion and now he's on Dog Whisperer yeah I mean why would you ever let this man work again like <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. they did. You know exactly. what you get to do, they sir? Didn't. You get to go play with dogs all day. That's your job. Wow. Like, like that's a great series. We should interview ex wash like people in the business who just yeah. fucked up and have some shit. Like, like, so, <laughs> like this is a career killer. Like, like we would never let anyone producer? like I'm surprised Kevin, did Kevin Costner not work again for a while after this? Oh no, he he oh, no, really? he was he he was huge. Yeah. After even after Waterworld? Oh yeah. But like but where is the writer for Waterworld? Right, right, yes. right, right. <laughs> yes, you know? right. Like, there are so many of these, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Jeez, that's crazy, man. <laughs> I mean, I've got I have to like make killer, sure yeah. of this. <laughs> wow. Fun story. Do you guys know the spider history from Wild Wild West? It's a Kevin Smith story. No, no, no. Let's let's end on this. All right. Real quick. I'll give us a gem to wrap it up with. So Kevin Smith uh, got hired to do a script writing for the Superman movie that Nicolas Cage was going to star in. And the producer on that Nicolas Cage movie was this guy who got into producing by being the hairdresser of somebody famous in the 80s. So he had like no experience and he just happened to like know the right people and (laughs) fell in. And he's a producer on fucking Superman with Nicolas Cage, right? And then he tells Kevin, he brings Kevin Smith in because Kevin's going to direct it and write it. And he was like, all right, Kevin, in the end, we need Superman to fight this big radioactive spider. And he's going to have lasers. And Kevin's like listening to him. He's like, what the fuck? Like when he walks into this dude's mansion, the, the assistant of the producer tells Kevin, he goes, look. He's going to pitch you an idea about a spider. Don't listen to it. Just nod your head. Tell him you're going to do it, but you don't actually have to do it. And he's like, what am I walking into? 
So he listens to this thing how like he goes on for like three hours how they need this spider to be the villain in Superman. And he's like, no, that's fucking dumb. It's Planet of Kryptons. There's no spider on Kryptonian. Like, what the fuck yeah. are you talking about? So fast forward, that movie doesn't get made for a bunch of different reasons, right? It just never happens. You know, whatever falls apart. Fast forward like three years, two or three years, and he is the producer for Wild Wild West. And guess who the villain is in Wild Wild West? A giant mechanical oh fucking God. spider. Yeah. And he, Kevin Smith said he was like in the theater watching Wild Wild West. He was like, no fucking way. He saw that spider lift up over this ledge and it's like, there's oh that goddamn God, spider. That's dude. fucking spider. Fuck that spider. Damn. So, Kevin Smith, you know, man. Producers and people in Hollywood. Absolutely, that shit always happens. Why, why is that? Why is that yeah, the hill you're willing to die on? Like I'm getting a move. I'm getting a giant spider he, enemy. In a he movie. was yeah. this guy was fascinated by spiders. It was like his favorite animal. He thought they were like the apex predator. He was like in love with fucking spiders. So he wanted nothing more than to feature a giant fucking spider in one <laughs> well, of these big Congratulations, He did. He made that happen. Yeah. <laughs> no one talks about it again. If spiders were the size of dogs, I'd oh, be dude. Oh, I would move to Waterworld if that were the case. No spiders on the ocean, baby. That's very true. Yeah. Waterworld is just Titan after you get um, there. Uh, sorry, this just keeps going on. I just don't want to end. Um, the the little girl, what, what did she grow up to? Yeah, she's, she's still working. She's like, still working. She's okay. out there. She's on. She was in that. She was in the the Pedro movie. The the. Oh shit! She was Napoleon the, Dynamite. Yeah, she was the girl who sold yes. the bracelet. She was Napoleon Dynamite's wow. girlfriend. What is she her name? Scarred for life. Like, right. does she Stacey talk about Rachel? this in interviews oh, still? That the trauma of this movie. She's just as scarred as every other child actor in the '90s. You know, I'm sure. <laughs> She's just way more tan than the rest of them now for the rest of her life. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, she was on Veronica Mars. She was. Uh, she did a big one. run on Grey's Anatomy. Okay. 2012. True Blood. Bones. Yeah. She's yeah. been in a bunch of stuff, especially yeah, she recently. works. She works. Cool. But that's it, y'all. That's wow. Waterworld. Incredible. 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 I am so <laughs> happy for. that this happened. Oh. Thank you, Drake. This was yeah. such a fleeting <laughs> at first, but goddamn. Once we got into the weeds of this, fucking maybe our best episode. <laughs> yeah, yet. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, Drake was just like, let's do an episode on that. I was like, yeah, you know. I, it was perfect. After James Cagney, yeah, yeah, it's Waterworld. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was fun. I feel like I've been on the ocean all day. Do we know what we're doing next? We set, we set, we set the bar yeah. very high. Yeah. <laughs> we, we started the day fishing. There you go. There you go. Perfect. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome back anytime. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Awesome. Hey, man, before we close out, do you want to plug anything? Is there a place people can go and find you? Uh, Max Oaken Photography. You can find me there, uh, website or uh, through social awesome. media stuff. But mostly doing still work cool. right now. Awesome. And uh, I'm just headed up, heading back out to California to yeah. do stuff there. I'll be back here cool. soon. Very cool. <laughs> Florida, that is. You can, uh, you can find me on Instagram at Drake Cummings, on Twitter at Drake underscore Cummings. Go ahead, Dev. Sailor underscore Dev. Uh, check out Abracadabra Films. And also, since we're talking about Waterworld, if you are ever in a post-apocalyptic scenario and you need to find food, download the MyFish app, because this episode is Boom. brought to you by MyFish. Nice. <laughs> Boom. Nice. <laughs> 
saving Kevin Costner and the world one yes, Pisces indeed. at a time. Indeed, <laughs> the MyFish app. You can find me floating out into the middle of the ocean on a flotilla that just got destroyed by a hurricane. And that's been... <laughs> <laughs> Strapped to a mask. <laughs> that's been film history. The history of film. Well, so here's a question. In that situation, in this water world situation, what would be your niche? What What's your thing that you do best that you're like fighting for to try to live off of? What's that? You hear what I said? No, what'd you say? My bad. In In this water world apocalyptic situation, what is your forte? What do you think would be the thing that you do best that keeps you like on top of what your gang or on top of the on top of the water you know like what are you what are you doing you know are you fishing are you trying to find dirt i'm gonna be the king what's of your thing i, I agree king with you man find cleats. the closest gun with a bullet in it. <laughs> <laughs> i mean the first thing that comes to mind is just like a really salty old sea sex worker you know but i mean that's even even that's pretty rough like every boat that comes along you're just gonna have to like do what you gotta do you know but also hopefully they don't murder you as long as you don't have gills i get i get so motion sick i would oh, be dude. so miserable in this world a lot of people did making this movie too oh really yeah oh my god uh that's a good question though max i'll get back to you on that i'll get back to you on that that's a good question do you have an answer Oh man, I, yeah. I would be fishing. Uh, yeah, I'd be fishing. yeah. I'd be trying to feed. I'd be trying to get the best fish to feed whatever and make money doing that. That'd be my thing. I'd grow gills and go down. Then the everybody would kind of have to leave me alone, and then they would have to barter with whatever they got. And I'd have all sorts of stuff of my own. Right. You know. Yeah. At least I'm selling fish, but I can get whatever I want of your stuff. Yeah, I would definitely try to find a place to settle, like a village, like a fishing village. Yeah. You know, find something have floating out that's big people. enough. Yeah, like a like a hollowed out oil tanker. With yeah, friends. <laughs> that actually was like scrapped for parts, you know, in the '90s. But whatever. <laughs> it went to. I read where the Exxon Valdez went to. It went to like a private collector. Some dude owns it now. It's like a historical. He's some fucking oil billionaire. Yeah, probably. He's like, look at what we did. <laughs> look at what we did once. We we dumped millions of of, of pounds of oil on to Hawaii at one point. Or Alaska. It was Alaska. Yeah. 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 And then get this. The taxpayers, they paid for it. They paid for it. Isn't that hilarious? Yeah. We're sorry. It's like his trophy. (laughs) We're sorry.